my friend says caffeine's a drug. I said, oh, tell your friend, fuck you. I want to be a buddy with Just a little breakfast. Hello and welcome to Breakfast Punks, a podcast about weird shit, DIY punk and trashy movies, brought to you by Sham City Roasters and Deadbeat Donuts. From Hastings, I'm Dave. And I'm Siobhan, and this is episode 20 of the podcast, and we're talking about What's It Called Fest and the film Rockula from 1990. And What's It Called Fest may excuse why both of our voices sound like we've been <laughs> kicked in the throat. We feel wonderful. <laughs> So, let's kick off with some music. This first song is from a band called Raw Menace, who are from Newcastle, but not the Newcastle that you probably think of, uh, unless you're in Australia, because it's Newcastle in Australia. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Uh, this is from their new digital EP, which is called Churia, and it's just come out. So, this is Raw Menace with their song Royal Permission. <laughs> Everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday. Breaking news is part of this job. You are fake news. News. This is what's happening in your world. Tonight. It's a fucking news. 
So I'm going to kick off with a quick bit of Sham City Roasters news. Um, I'm doing a brand new collaboration with a Hastings artist by the name of Tom Kofod, who I've just realised surname I've never actually said out loud before, so that might be completely <laughs> wrong. Apologies, Sorry, Tom. Tom, if I got that wrong. Um, it's based on Saved by the Bell, the 90s sitcom. Is it a sitcom? Uh, yeah. Is it a sitcom or like teenage, drama, teenage, teenage wonder drama? What would the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air be called? Not that it's the same, but it's that sort of uh, shenanigan, isn't it? Teenage less wonder drama. Cool. So, (laughs) (laughs) a teenage full wonder drama called Saved by the Bell. I think that's that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so, uh, we made a brand new coffee, which is a coffee blend, and we made a mug and a set of stickers featuring all of the characters, all your favourite characters... By the Saved by the Bell kids. They are beautiful. I'm staring at them right now and it's the most colourful, wonderful thing I've ever seen. So go and check out shamcityroasters.com. There is a brand new Saved by the Bell series that's come out. A brand new one? Does it have people from the past? Hasn't some of those people died? Screech is dead. Screech is dead. Screech is the only person that I'm aware of in Saved by the Bell. I'm pretty sure I have a, uh, a story in my head, which I've told, definitely told Tom very recently, as fact. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it is fact. When I was very young, Zach Morris, the main character from Saved by the Bell, on the inside of his wardrobe had a Misfits Walk Among Us poster. Aww. And it was the first time I ever saw the Misfits. Yeah, as in, just, and it, you could, you know, really like stood out. Like any reference to yeah, them. Yeah, and I was just like, so I always remembered it. And then Aww. years later... You become the punk you are now. Well, no, I found out about who the Misfits are. <laughs> I'm not sure, I've never actually found any evidence that there is a Misfits poster in Saved by the Bell. So if anybody has that evidence or can back me up in any way, yeah. shamsityroses at gmail.com. So my first story is about a new documentary that is coming out very soon. In fact, I think it just premiered and there's a trailer out for it, which we can uh, add to the playlist. And it's about the insane clown posse versus the FBI, which I think we've mentioned before. <laughs> is it like a horror movie? Uh, yeah. No, it's a documentary. No, it's not is like, it like a Freddy, slasher. Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> the ICP versus the FBI. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It is a documentary about the insane clown posse going to the Supreme Court against the FBI for them classifying them as a gang. I think we mentioned it in the insane clown posse episode that we did. I'm sure we did do that. Whoop, whoop. We did cover <laughs> a lot of areas, yes. We did cover a lot. But um, for those who don't remember, the FBI classified uh, insane clown posse's fans as a gang and essentially it's basically because they listen to rubbish music and they dress weird um which is a shame so this is a documentary that looks to be covering that and apparently the legal battle is going on still i didn't know oh, I that thought it was done and dusted i thought it was done and dusted but this uh, article seems to say that it's still going on i wonder if it comes to an end in the documentary that would make for good watching, how exciting a little bit like the end of freddie versus jason where they actually meet don't you think that the FBI deciding that Juggalos were a, a gang is probably the best thing that could have happened to ICP's extremely flagging career. And it's brought them back into the well, mainstream. And don't you think that they're probably making this film because it's their last chance at getting a bit of attention? I mean, yeah, a thousand percent. And it's the only. And prior to this happening, I must say, I did not care for ICP at all. I thought they were interesting and I probably laughed at them quite a bit. But I felt extraordinarily sorry for them when this happened. Did you not enjoy their freestyles and their uh, rappings? Not, um, you know, I have certain joys for um, whooping. Yeah, you are part of that. Yeah. I feel like I'm quite a whooper nowadays. No, that's probably why you've not got a voice now. Oh God, so much whooping. Weekend whooping. Weekend whooping. <laughs> well, have you heard about the man who almost died because he inserted an eight-inch eel into his anus to relieve <laughs> constipation? <laughs> 
haven't heard that. Well, a Chinese man uh, was very constipated, hmm. and so he decided to shove an entire live eel up his bum. Uh, he's a man from, I can't say, I don't know how you say this, Xinhua? It's definitely not that. <laughs> definitely, I don't ever want to read it and prove what, no, I don't know what you and said. And he was very constipated. And so apparently there's a there's a um, an old like Chinese belief that if you put an eel up your bum, it yeah. gets rid of constipation. What, because it'll like eat the poo and then fall out? It doesn't explain exactly why. Surely it'll just get bigger. If it ate the poo, it'd just be another layer to this turd bullet inside your intestine. Well, it certainly could do if the person doing it doesn't realise that they're very slippery and loses the entire eel in his rectum. (laughs) (laughs) But how if he's so full of poo? Well, because the fish proceeded to go slightly nuts, chewed through the man's intestines and ended up in a body cavity. (laughs) A Um, body cavity? Well, yeah, he must have chewed through and just got in a little space between his organs, I guess. I don't really know. sitting here like a hernia. He left it till the next day. Then he sought medical attention because he was in quite a lot of pain. And um, he was still alive when they pulled it out. Oh, that's good. He could have died. He should have died. And the eel was covered in faecal matter. Oh. <laughs> I guess, well, I hope he wasn't constipated after all of that. I assume whilst he was seeking medical attention for removing the eel, they might have given him a laxative or two. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully. Otherwise, they just <laughs> what, sew him back up and send him back out and he's still constipated. He'll be constipated from the pain really. I think that given. probably the constipation at that point was the least of their concerns. <laughs> Need to get <laughs> Probably this, this live eel that was just swimming around in his body, who had eaten <laughs> through his intestines, was probably a bigger issue. <laughs> uh, anyway, on, the, on body horror, let's stick with body horror very quickly because I have got one more quick one that I just oh, want to okay. say. A mother and daughter killed an adult film actress with butt implants. Oh, killed someone? They Murdered. killed someone with butt implants. Oh. A mother and daughter team have been doing illegal like backstreet surgery cosmetic I, surgery on that's people. it so I've just realised what a butt implant is I'm thinking it's like something up the butt you mean like butt cheek implants yeah yeah oh, yeah, no. yeah they didn't put an heel up there yeah no I'm just no. thinking up the bum still from before but from what I can make out they just rammed a load of silicon in this poor person's bum but obviously silicon is supposed to be in something you can't just yeah. shove a tube in the thing and oh apparently butt implants are normally like flesh from other parts of the body that you oh. put in the butt but these two didn't realise this but the, most of the reason why I bring this up everybody listening at home if you'd just like to google some sort of variation of mother and daughter kill adult film actress with butt implants and just have a look at the state of these two human beings who did this surgery and are, well not both of them one of them really the mother let's be blunt and we do have a long history of face shaming on this uh, podcast oh god but I'm gonna. Ha- but I think this is an obvious one. This woman looks like she's been blown up with a balloon in the in the entire face. She's made herself look like a monster, and someone has gone to her and said, "I need some butt implants. Here's fourteen grand. Will you and your funny looking daughter, who also has weird lips, but it more or less looks like a human being, could you do this for me, please?" <laughs> I mean. So I've done what I hope that the people at home are doing right now, and I've Googled it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Her wowza. name is Libby Adame, if that Adame. helps. Um, she's, and her, her headshot 
headshot mean... makes it sound like she's an actress. Her headshot from the LAPD. <laughs> her mugshot. Her mugshot. And that's what the, a mug. That's the word I'm looking for. And what mug, a mug. Mugshot is the perfect explanation for what this woman's face looks she like. She looks like she's put so much stuff into her mouth that it's falling off. Like, there's such a big gap between her nose and her mouth. I think that her mouth must be so heavy that it's just falling down her face. It's like a landslide. Yeah. Her, face, her face is like an actual landslide. It literally is sliding right <laughs> off that. Whereas her daughter has done something quite the opposite. Well, the daughter looks... If you glance at the daughter, you just think she was kind of an average-looking young girl. But she yeah. has got some weird shit going on. She looks like she's got a second mouth yeah. beneath her own mouth. It does look like she's got <laughs> lips on top of her mouth. So, yeah, Google these people. Yeah. I mean, if there was anything about this on YouTube, I'll put it on the playlist. But Do- I'm, I'm guessing there might not be. Uh, in similar kind of body, uh, maybe more to do with your previous story, um, I'm just going to read out a quote from the person that this is about before I carry on. I grabbed the bag, I felt something smushy on the bag, so I turned it over and there it was, lamented shopper Shirley Wright Johnson. And this is about alleged pizza roll pooper is apprehended after Oklahoma grocery store incident. <laughs> now imagine poor Shirley Wright Johnson's dismay when she reaches in the freezer for a bag of pizza rolls uh, to find that it ain't what she expected. Someone's pooed in the pizza rolls and put she, it in the freezer. Is this what she I had a right? crappy shopping experience. The person who wrote this is brilliant. <laughs> Shirley Wright Johnson had a crappy shopping experience. <laughs> literally. She said she was picking the items up in a grocery store with her two daughters. When she reached for the bag of frozen pizza rolls, she quickly discovered something else in her hand. Human excrement. Does, have they worked out how the excrement got in the bag? Uh, they have. I mean, I, there's only one way, but I mean, do they get to the bottom of the mystery? I suppose they do get to the bottom of the mystery quite quickly. I love that on on TV. Um, she said, "I pick up a bag of pizza rolls, and there's literally shit, human shit." Excuse my language. Like, it's probably on like the six o'clock news. But yeah, so basically, they um, they looked at the CCTV, and there is a video of someone. <laughs> sorry. They haven't just looked at the CCTV. They have... You can too. Is that what no, no. Oh, I wish. <laughs> no, the, again, this article, whoever wrote this is just having a lovely time. More police using... More being the place, so I haven't described this well at all. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not doing a podcast. Yeah, I know. More police using surveillance video from the scene of the grime. No. Doesn't end there. Flushed out a man they identified as a person of interest. And he is booked whilst the poop probe continues. They haven't released his name because they haven't formally charged him yet. But um, they do have someone in mind. What brings a person? So he did it in the shop? Well, he's also been taking photos of women in the shop and then he did a poo in the freezer. And what he did is he did a poo onto a bag of pizza rolls and then put another bag of pizza rolls on top of it. So that means so that this, woman, this woman bought two bags of pizza rolls. Well, no, rolls. she picked up one. So shame on her. No, she picked up one <laughs> and it was on the back. So she picked it up and went, oh, what's this? And she's covered in poo. And she... Oh, I thought she'd got it home. I thought she'd like put it in the oven or something. <laughs> no, when I first read this, I was really hoping that someone had cleverly pooped inside a bag. That's of exactly yeah, what I thought exactly. happened, yeah. <laughs> but um, the ride home was miserable, she said, even though she quickly scrubbed off her hands. All the way home, my kids were like, Mom, I can smell it, I can smell it. I'm like, I smell it too, baby. Jesus <laughs> oh, Christ. Poor Shirley Wright Johnson. And at the beginning of this article, some people may find the below description of the crime offensive. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm not sure whether you need a trigger warning on someone pooing in a freezer. I think uh, David Moy from HuffPost US really enjoyed writing that. Oh, God. (laughs) 
<laughs> I almost worry about him more than man pooing in the freezer. I still wonder what brings a a, a person to to do it because whilst he's obviously just like a weirdo. I mean, mental illness or a weirdo. I mean, the two could be twins. True, I reckon uh, a mentally unwell, Weird. strange man. Yes, <laughs> someone with a fetish for watching other women find his poo. My experience. Is that, a thing? that might be a thing. <clears throat> well, so yeah, I think they're definitely. I'm not questioning the possibility that this is a sort of a, a pervert kind of doing something weird. But my experience of men pooing <laughs> in public and throwing it around, having been a psychiatric nurse for a very long time <laughs> in my life, it's never. I've never. It's always been. It's more been. Um, how would you describe it? More of a party than a sexual. More act. a party. Yeah, it's more sort of. Just throwing it around on the walls, throwing it at you. Yeah. Sometimes rubbing it on yourself, doing a bit of a Gigi Allen. Just doing a massive poo of yourself because you couldn't help it because you're either drunk or you're on too many drugs. Yeah, or having those trousers um, that have uh, that, like, cuffed bull- bottoms, cuffed at the bottoms, and then just filling them up from the from the foot and it all ballooning the way up. onto the floor. Yeah, in front of everyone because you've had too much clozapine. Yeah. God, we've had a really nice nursing career together. <laughs> no, I think about it. that wasn't Dave, by the way. Sorry, it was a, pa- a patient that both me and Dave nursed. Not I don't Dave, think we're allowed. To, I don't think we're allowed to say any of that, are we? Anyway, um, we have. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying. I don't. I've I've experienced a lot of mentally unwell people doing various things with poo, and it's never been a sex uh, act. Which, True. but again, I'm not in any way saying that it never is, or that this person isn't. I'm just saying. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, just, I, think, I don't know why I said it really. I think you might be right. Probably I because think... I'm still hungover. Yeah, <laughs> who's to say? I, we've added the sexual element to this actually. So uh, who's to say it was even sexual? He's probably just a weirdo pooing in the freezer. I will say, I think journalistic wise, we got deeper into the subject than uh, Twatty No Bollocks from Twatty no Bollocks, uh, Huffington already... Post, <laughs> US, or where his name is. He just wanted to say "Scene of the Grime," which <laughs> I still think is really good. God, that's a good band name. No, it's not. Scene of the Grime? You want to be in that band? I don't want to be in a grime band, really. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could pull it off. <laughs> I suppose I, could, I might be able to just about get away with being the, on the decks. <laughs> if you had a Hawaiian shirt on, you could be ironic somehow. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that would help my cause, to be honest. Oh, look, there's a 40-year-old man. It's a bit weird that he's in that grime band. Oh, he's put on a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, it all makes <laughs> sense now. And uh, you could have a little funky bandana. Yeah, that, that would help? help. I think that would help. Yeah, like Brett Michaels from Poison. A thousand With a wig on the bottom. Oh, wig dana. A wig dana. Do it. And maybe, what else could I do to make myself look really young? Chew some tobacco. <laughs> Play the spoons. Look at Oh, gosh, David's really good in that grime band he's in now. See him with his bandana, chewing his backy. <laughs> Chewing his backy while he's on the spoons. <laughs> while he's on the spoons. That's nice that they let him in that band. <laughs> Old blazing squads are still going. Oh, so they grime now. Absolutely, we just care in the community. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> Scene of the grime featuring Scene. David Cullen <laughs> on the spoons. <laughs> Talking about the grime, I've actually got another poo story. For God's I sake! I didn't even realise. Let me get the headline out of the way first. <laughs> Because it because it becomes a poo story, but initially it's not. Okay. New evidence shows that penguins might actually be aliens. 
Yeah. <laughs> everyone's favourite animal. I really animal am worried about how this then becomes poo. Well, it's not disgusting. They're not okay. They're not filling their legs up with poo or throwing it at anyone or rubbing it on the face or anything. No eels going up their bum to clear them of poo. No. Good. Experts, boffin, let's call them boffins. I like boffin. Learned that in penguin poo, <laughs> there's traces of a chemical called phosphine. That doesn't seem like a big deal, no, says the article. Isn't. This is almost as well. This is from the iHeart.com website. I don't even know what that is, but it's about as good as something's boost, I think. Okay. The strange thing is, is that phosphine has only ever been found on the planet Venus, which is 38 million miles away. And no one can work out why penguins have got this substance in their poo, apart from the possibility that they are actually aliens. Wow. What the fuck? <laughs> well, how have we ever had... Fo- Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, boffins. But how do we know that there's phosphine on Venus? Have we been to Venus? Do, has anyone been to Venus? Do we have phosphine from Venus? How do they know this stuff? And also, is it only in penguin poo? Or does any other poo have it? Have they tried all other poos? Does, that, does my poo have it in? I think you'll, have to, have, you'll have to get a phosphine test. I'd like the phosphine kit. Can we get it when we get our PCR kit from the government? <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Actually, I think if you just shove one of them in your poo, it might tell you. I don't know. He doesn't say anything. I just took that as rote. Like, I, I didn't question oh. the fact that Venus has that on it. But you're right. I, I, I presume some sort of probe has gone to Venus. Yeah, I'm not really an expert on this. I'm more of an expert on the bullshit UFO shit that's going to come up in a minute. But um, uh. now we've reprocessed. This is D- Dr. Dave Clements. Oh, he does Imperial sound like he College. knows. Oh, I don't, you, you're a doctor. You shouldn't be Dave, really. You should be Dr. David Clements. Yeah, but he's looking at pe- penguin poo. <laughs> like, Good point. Come on, Dave. We've reprocessed the data, and we're pretty convinced that the phosphine finding is real. So that's making it sound a bit less likely. Mm. But we don't know what's making it. He went on to describe their challenges, saying, it's very hard to measure and study, because if you let oxygen in, it destroys it. We would really like to study the penguin guano... To understand the biology. Is guano a posh word for a shit? Oh my god, that's uh, literally guano. I hope it is. That's a beautiful word. But the best bit, it's quite hard for astronomers to get grant proposal to go and play with penguins. So we're trying to navigate through interdisciplinary fields. Oh, That's Dr. Dave I can't imagine. Is an astronomer going to be like, yep, I've seen him. He's on Venus. Like, I don't understand what an astronomer is going to deal with. I don't know. This, um, to be honest, this is this is such a poorly written thing. <laughs> what they really want to keep because they bring it up so many times. They really want to just talk about the fact that the CIA has released this stuff about UFOs that didn't make anybody any the wiser. So they just keep bringing that up. Oh, fair enough. Well, um, I really do. I mean, it would make sense. Penguins are kind of strange. I mean, he, I mean, the, would that make sense? Sorry, I've realised that doesn't make sense at all. What's <laughs> the most likely animal to be a UFO? To be a UFO or is to be an penguin? alien? Oh, an alien. Sorry, I use yeah. the word because I'm not a, because I'm not a doctor. I'm not Dr. Yeah, Dave. You're not I'm Dr. Just David Dave. Clemens. I'm just Dave. Can you be Dr. Guano? <laughs> Does that mean Dr. Shit? <laughs> yeah. Guano's my new favourite word. Anyway. Um, penguins mm, are up there because they, don't, they are... don't make any sense at all. Yeah, penguins don't really make any sense, do they? What about those little fish that have a nice little light in front of them that are big and snappy? Yeah, I think, They're yeah, cute. They yeah. look a bit alien. I think um, all fish could well, be Or jellyfish aliens. in general. They're like, I think aliens. fish is an easy go-to, though, isn't it? All fish look like aliens, really. Yeah, I guess I so. I feel like we probably base what we think aliens look like on fish. Probably. We don't base... It would be wicked if, like, greys and stuff, you know, like... <laughs> you know, like, when UFO people write 
books about yeah. how they've been taken into space. It'd be wicked if it was just a bunch of penguins. Just loads of... Oh. <laughs> It'd be so good. It'd be so just... good. They were probing me up the arse and I turned around and it was just a penguin and he fell on his front. Oh, they're so full And slid. He just... slid to the steering wheel. But he couldn't reach it with his little funny fins. Oh. <laughs> anyway, you didn't answer my question. What, what, else, what else could be a UFO? I think cats are a bit mad. I feel like cats must be um, aliens of some sort. Our one is. Cats, it's fucking weird. Yeah, cats strike me as sort of having a greater intelligence than we give and, them credit for. Well, and you know when they go a bit scatty in the night? Not scatty, literally, although our cat is a bit weird. But like She pooed on the chair the other day. <laughs> <laughs> but she... Actually, she managed to vomit on the toilet seat and it looked like someone had done massive diarrhoea <laughs> up the wall. <laughs> it was quite amazing. It was awful. Yeah, it was awful. That I'm still cat. not 100% sure that it wasn't uh, Sh- Siobhan's guano. <laughs> I was very unwell after what's it called fest. I didn't even know it was there, so I plead the fifth. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> the person who had to scrub it off did. <laughs> oh, but anyway, I, when cats go a bit weird and like just do random meows and go scatty in the night, do you think they're talking to? They might be just being communicated with. Yeah, that's by true. aliens. Yeah. I mean, that's the only. I, that's it. Case closed. It's I'd like to put one other um, creature forward. Fair enough. Uh, Libby Adame in her <laughs> LAPD um, <laughs> well, mugshot with her with her landslide of a mouth. <laughs> she definitely looks like. What she about that woman that um, from a few episodes ago that could fit her fist in her mouth? Oh, as the well. woman with the the world record holder for the biggest face. Yeah, biggest. It was a biggest mouth, wasn't it? Because she could fit about five fists in yeah, it. Or she something. did look a bit like she could have come from. She's got a landslide face. of a mouth as well. She, yeah, but no, because hers is quite taut. Like uh, she could still true. use her. This one looks like she, if she opened it, the bottom of her face <laughs> would fall off. <laughs> really oh, does. Like yes. her jaw's not connected. It does look like it's falling off now. Yeah. Oh, poor bugger. Well, continuing somewhat the theme of injury that we had from earlier with the eel up the bum. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Death Acceleration roller coaster shut down for literally breaking riders' bones. <laughs> Multiple. <laughs> I mean, I fucking hate roller coasters. I know <laughs> I've too. said it. They're the worst. Why would you want your organs flying around inside you? Is that a good feeling? No, it's a horrible feeling. You can't eat any food before you go on it because you will be sick. Anyway, that's enough <laughs> of my annoyance with roller this coasters. Is, you're starting to sound like a boffin over there. But this is this is what I fear would happen to me if I went on teacups. But it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it is actually happening to people in Japan. Right. Uh, multiple people have reported serious injuries after riding the Dodo. Oh God, Dodo Dompa. <laughs> Fuck no, is that Fuji Q? That Island sounds Park. like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop. Dodo Dompa. <laughs> <laughs> the roller coaster in Japan, known for its super death acceleration to triple digit speeds, was reportedly shut down after riders. Uh, suffered serious bone fractures. Um, at least six cases of fractures in total, including four in the back or in the neck. Um, cervical fractures, thoracic spine fractures, some people needing three months to recover. Jesus Christ. They, I mean, they got what they were asking for death, surely. So, you know, in some ways they got off light. They're calling it super death acceleration. That's what I mean. You fucking idiots, don't go on it. I mean, it looks very um, pretty. Oh, there's a there's a video that you can watch riding it no I haven't watched it yet because I don't want to be sick <laughs> no there isn't a video that I can um, watch <laughs> the theme park bills the hover coaster as having the world's fastest acceleration hitting 112 miles per hour in 1.56 seconds Jesus Christ 
It must be like one of those it's things like that astronauts cr- go on where they spin around yeah. and stuff. You literally will be like you're in a car crash. Like, well, no, because it doesn't worse. stop, though. Yeah, true. I guess. But then you just get flung about. I mean, idiots who want to go on that thing. It's been shut down, so that's fine. Has it been shut down? Did loads uh, of people, was it like really popular and everyone wanted to go on it? Um, it's, I haven't <laughs> seen how many people have had the fractures. There was six, I think it said six cases or, or ten cases altogether. Um, Good old Japan, though. It took six or ten but yeah. people to get fractured from a roller coaster before they shut it down. The theme park made global headlines last year when it advised patrons to please scream inside your heart instead of out loud to help stop the spread of COVID. <laughs> That's fucking torture. Yeah, please scream inside your heart. But when it comes Isn't that to... what you have to do if you're being waterboarded? <laughs> but, but when it comes to spinal neck fractures, however, the screams were likely to be much more audible. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There must be, like... A biological necessity for human beings to like, if they're really that scared or if they're being, you know, there's like a fight or flight response. We scream for a reason. Yeah. I'm not saying this has anything to do with this, but I just would, it would be wonderful if in order to not spread COVID, people were not screaming and screaming in their hearts and that was literally breaking their bones. Yeah, I've broken my spine (laughs) because I screamed inside my heart. Maybe we should ask some boffins and see if that's possible. Um... Also, just just to say, the uh, the name is an onomatopoeia reference to the sound of drums. So now I know that. Let me see if I can say Go this on, word say again. It as, say it as a drum. Be a drum. Be a drum. Pretend your heart is a drum. Da-da-dum-pa. <laughs> no, I think it's probably da-dum-pa, isn't it? You know, like a roll on a drum. Da-da-dum-pa. No, because there's definitely three do's in it. Sounds like a paradiddle to me. Da-da-dum-pa. Da-da-dum-pa. Yeah, maybe. Now you've done the hands. You've got to get no your one hands can see in. This, see, if now... you try and do this in your heart, you can't do it. But if you actually, if you let yourself move Wait a minute, around, one a second. Bit. Let me just do it inside my heart. Yeah, I think I, I think I, I, it. I thought your I heart was just going to stop. Then I heard it. I heard it. Wait a minute, it's a bit like a. No, but it's not because it's dun, four, isn't dun, it? That's not how your heart dun, goes. Dun, dun, just because dun, you're doing dun, it on dun, your chest. Pa. Yeah, I think I got it. I don't know. Drum sounds are used around the ride. There you go. <laughs> How is that for radio? <laughs> oh, Christ. No one's ever going on that roller coaster again. Oh, actually, let me just double check if it is actually closed. Because if it's not closed, I mean, I've never been on a roller coaster that I've enjoyed, but now I'm kind of keen on going on this one. No, can you imagine the amount of noise? You, you would not scream in the heart. <laughs> never do. Oh, it is definitely <laughs> shut down. Gosh darn it. That's fine. Now, I'm going to return to a story that I continuously return to. I had a feeling this was coming. So I really wanted to leave this alone, but uh, for those of you that listened to our podcast last episode, you'll know that we didn't do any of this new stuff. We had a special episode, but mm. we went back in time. Mm-hmm. Just a classic, you know. Just a classic go back in time with a Timebot 500. Yeah. And so we didn't have the news, and so that's given me a month's worth of... Galactic Federation news oh God. to kind of get over. So if you've not been listening to this podcast or you haven't heard these news stories before, I'll give you a quick background. <laughs> There's a lady called Elena Danan. She's a former professional French archaeologist. They keep changing that name. She's, she wasn't professional before. She was just an archaeologist. Anyway, <laughs> former professional French archaeologist. She's, she's getting messages from an alien friend whose name is Thorhan Aredion. He was at the Galactic Federation of Worlds uh, meeting recently, along with Elon Musk, 
Richard Branson and the other prick. Uh, the Bezos. Uh, yeah. Idiot. And a load of other solar systems. They all got together around Jupiter somewhere. They had a big meeting to decide what was going to happen with the universe. Yeah. I won't say any more than that. If you'd like more details, I'm sure you don't. Go back over a few of our other episodes. <laughs> but Elena Donan has come forth once more. Good. Not only has she come forth... There's only a fucking second source on the Jupiter meetings and Galactic Federation someone else. in the solar system. Um, it's her weird name, that the internet means that you can find other people that think <laughs> these uh, very sensible things as you. Good, her name is Megan Rose, and she oh. is a registered nurse. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> so you can trust her. Yeah. I'm not going to go into her too much, but I will share a video of her being interviewed. Uh, on our YouTube playlist. Okay. So it's about an hour and a half long, so I don't know why you'd want to listen to that. But Elena Donan has also been interviewed. Yes. And having talked to her, talked about her, sorry, she's not talking to me through a implant sure? in my head from when I was a five-year-old. <laughs> having talked about her for a number of times, I would like you all to listen to this lady just talk. And one of the main reasons that I would like to play this clip is that there's the... Stri- I've not edited this in any way. There's the most incredible edit that is done by the guy who is interviewing her. His name is Michael Sala. He is also a doctor, but I'm not. No. I'm refused to call him Doctor Michael Sala in the way that he calls himself a lot. No. Um, so here is Elena Donan. So a few days ago, uh, it was a surprise. Uh, Thorhan contacted me by the implant, uh, mind communication, and he said, "I have something for you. It's very important." And this was coming from the... High Commander Adana. And she's in charge of the military station of the Galactic Federation of Worlds. And Thorhan dictated me by mind, uh, by telepathy, this text. And I typed it. And uh, I did 10 sections and I asked if I could now share what I was supposed to do with this. Uh, I said, no, now it is to be shared with the, um, the civilians of Terra. Share it with Michael. It is a gift for you and for him, and you will share it with the world. So here we are tonight. That's lovely, isn't it? That is so brilliant. Are you able to, sorry, are you able to actually just play that tiny little bit again? <laughs> because sure it just can. makes me laugh so much. <laughs> And this was coming from the High Commander Adana. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love about that is, did she, she must have just said it really shit. So I, he was like, fuck that, I'm going to dub over that. So I, yeah. She said it wrong or something I silly. cannot imagine. I Either why. that or she just said, like, uh, she said a character from Star Wars or something and he thought, oh, they're not going to believe that. I better or change I wa- it. But what, but I wonder if they've like changed the name since. And he's like, oh shit, we can't redo the uh, <laughs> the uh, interview. So I'll just, I'll just say it. <laughs> Fucking, I just love it. So um, she goes on to explain. So the story is that the Galactic Federation of Worlds have released a 10-part uh, prime directive. It's not interesting. I'm not going to go through it. Uh, as ever, bibliothecaplayades.net. Get on there. Lots of David Icke this month. You're going to enjoy yourselves. (laughs) But to give you a vague idea, not funny, but the first one is the prime directive is to serve as a moral, ethical guide and legal template. Number two is the prime directive is applicable to all cultures in any world 
that have not yet achieved interstellar travel capacity and have not established an organised continuous relationship with an evolved external interstellar culture. Right. So this woman's just uh, (laughs) swallowed a dictionary and written a load of nonsense. Why this is interesting to me, two things. One, she describes the fact that she wrote this down because so Thorhan, a Redion, is in her head... Or he's got he's got a thing in her head so he can talk to her so she jotted this down on her pc but very moses like of her very much (laughs) very much (laughs) but the real version of this is not just written down it's a sphere (laughs) and she keeps talking about this sphere again i'll share i'll put this on the youtube playlist hour and a half of your life that you will never get back And she keeps saying she couldn't quite describe exactly how it's a sphere, but it's a sphere. Anyhow, that's one thing I like. The best thing that I like is so the guy that actually runs this website, which is called Exopolitics. Yeah. Which I would also highly recommend. Um, (laughs) I need to be very careful. I don't really recommend this. Yeah, I was about to say, anyone, again, anyone who just flicks through this and hears you spouting all this stuff, like it's actually truth or that you actually believe it is going to be very concerned oh, about you. Yeah, well, fuck it. You find such fun, glee in this. It's very nice. So, Dr. Michael Sala, sorry, Michael Sala, I refuse yeah, to call him no, a doctor. Okay. Who's the, this is the guy that's interviewing all these people and he's the one who uh, runs exopolitics.org. I can only presume this is his job because he does an awful lot. Anyhow, he's written something himself comparing the prime directives of the Galactic Federation of Worlds with, ready, Star Trek. Oh, Jesus Christ. But he comes to a very interesting conclusion. Weirdly, didn't we watch something fairly recently that likened Star Trek to, like, what people genuinely believed was going to happen? Oh, I can't remember. It was, oh, it was Heaven's Gate, wasn't it? And they were watching Stargate, uh, Star Trek for, like, actual research purposes. Yes. And now there's this man who is... Sorry, that's a really off-topic thing. Look up Heaven's Gate, it's amazing. Oh, it's not amazing, it's awful. But, we'll definitely do an episode of this podcast on Heaven's Gate. A thousand percent. Yeah. But this is a man now calling himself a doctor and writing a paper on the comparisons between Star Trek, the very real thing that everyone seems to be referencing. Yeah, I mean, to call it a paper might be <laughs> oh, pushing okay. it. A blog. He is a doctor. A, a blog post. Oh, a blog <laughs> Fair enough, but take yes. it all back. Um, well, I, so there's a, something interesting. Let me just do this quickly. And there's something interesting it. about Star, Star Trek. I don't know much something. about Star Trek. But, there might um, be one good thing about Star Trek. So he actually did a webinar. I don't really know what that is. A, it's a what, seminar on the web, I guess. It is, exactly. Um, so, um, <laughs> That's how I get my e-learning. That's how I do my manual handling at work. <laughs> well, via webinar. <laughs> you should have gone on the Our Star Trek Future by Dr. Sala webinar. It would have been far better than watching a man pick up a box. <laughs> <laughs> You might have learned how to clear up a load of shit all over the back of the toilet. If that <laughs> way, right? So he, compa- he compares the prime directives, which keep in mind he believes that 100% have come from a meeting that a bunch of aliens had on Jupiter. And it's a sphere somewhere. And it's in a sphere. <laughs> yeah. And his comparison of the prime directives that were actually made by aliens and the ones in the Star Trek series, he has decided they've definitely come from the same source. He's used science for that, yeah. right? So probably to everybody listening, you would say, yeah, obviously this woman who's come and said that her mate in her head mm. has given her a load of um, 
prime directives. Yeah. She's probably watched a lot of Star Trek. Yeah. Makes sense. Not so. The conclusion is that Gene Roddenberry and others associated with the Star Trek series had been given the actual text of the real prime directive stored no less, as a holographic document by the Galactic Federation, and they released it back in the 60s and 70s in a fictionalised form. Are they still alive today, and can they be interviewed? So No, they're not, but here's the the slightly interesting thing about Gene Roddenberry, who is the main person behind Star Trek. I don't think I've ever... I've watched maybe one Star Trek film and a couple of Next Generation, so I'm not in any way knowledgeable about Mm. this. But I was reading a book... I think it might have been a John Higgs book. And Gene Roddenberry initially came up with Star Trek. The The first series of Star Trek was a complete failure mm. and was really boring and nothing happened. And the reason for that is that he had this idealised view of society that he genuinely believed if he made a TV show about, it might influence the world to turn more like that. Oh. And the idea of it was that everyone was completely accepting of everyone. There wasn't really any wars or any problems or anything. Doesn't make for and telly, it didn't make for very good telly, but the idea was that it was like, here's the ideal version of what our world should be like. Yeah. If if this becomes really big and everybody sees this, they might it might start turning the wheels to change yeah. our own world Aww. into something like this. And like because it was set in the future, the idea he was quite he was quite a philosophical man. Oh, this is lovely. But what happened was, <laughs> the public at large watched it and said, "Ah, that's bullshit." Boring. And so in the second We've had wars, we want more things <laughs> like that. In the second series they had to be given like laser beams and stuff. So weirdly enough, this crazy man it's only just occurred to me, this crazy man is sort of basing this on something to some extent. But let me be clear, mm-hmm. this will be the last time I bring up this subject on this podcast. Really? Probably not, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but I want to be clear now just in case it that. is. Star Trek was not given this ten point Galactic Federation list of principles. Mm. And here is why. Okay. Because, according to the same person who made the fucking thing up, they only came up with it two weeks ago while Elon Musk was in space. So how the fuck did they get it in the 60s to make Star Trek, Dr. Sala, you fucking idiot? That is very true. And and I feel like a doctor would work that out. But Dr. David Cullen... Dr. Dave Cullen. Dave uh, Cullen. (laughs) Dr. Dave, the cool guy guano Cullen. (laughs) Oh, there's so many Scene of the grime Cullen. Can I just... Can I really just... Can everybody just go on exopolitics.org for a bit and just look at some <laughs> of the adverts? Some of the, They're all by him and about things he's done. Okay. There's a coming alien false flag psyop. He's released a video, the film, sorry. Ooh. That's available on his Vimeo channel. It is called Fake News. <laughs> I think that's what his Vimeo channel's called, which is weird. I don't know. This guy might be like a Discordian or something. I, was I can't about, quite work well, it out. Or, or he's like... Trying to catch your bluff, be like fake news, but actually he's secretly sharing real news and calling it fake news. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's very clever. I guarantee if you look... I mean, even it's not, not that I believe it's real, by the way. If you look even slightly below the surface, it's definitely just all racist. Uh, there is a new book release which is called Rise of the Red Dragon, Origins and Threat of China's Secret Space Programme. Oh, dear. So this prick's writing racist books as well. So this is the last time I bring him up. No. You wait until someone talks to you by your implant in your head. See how you feel about it. <laughs> a all floor hand is listening. Quoting some up, sphere up you've in, seen somewhere. Up there in Jupiter, please get in my head and tell me what's going on. <laughs> get in my know. head, Thor Han. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about people hearing voices. Uh? Should we go up to Norfolk and find out what's uh-huh. going on up there? 
that's funny you're talking about all this UFO nonsense because uh, that's not what this article's going to be about. <laughs> but um, Norfolk has a very high level of UFO sightings, so I've heard, and I read on the EDP quite often. Well, I think that's just because it's got a lot more... You be careful what you say, boy. <laughs> I see what you're about to try and fucking say. Aliens, that's what oh, I was going to say. yeah. Because it's very flat. It's so very you flat can so you can them. land better. Yeah. Especially if, if, I'm, if I'm honest, that one in Independence Day was the uh, size, um, size of London. So that would have been bigger than Norwich. Norfolk. Norfolk? No, it could, have landed, it could have landed in Norfolk. It could have landed flat on top of Norfolk and we'd have been all right. Well, we wouldn't have been all right. We'd have been squashed, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, but, only a couple of but people. But the only... Oh, you would have only missed. You would have only probably lost that woman that was fighting with a crow a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> outside, lost, outside a, a, you, a post office slash pub. <laughs> you lose the jewel of the UK, David. Don't you even fucking start. Right, anyway, that is not my uh, is that story. Like, is that what you're going to call... Is Norfolk, Norfolk the jewel, jewel of, of the, the UK? UK? Like, no. like Kent is the garden of England <laughs> what could it be called and if you say toilet I'm going to kick you in the head the flat earth capital of the UK in, it probably is for two reasons <laughs> it might be I don't know well actually in, in fairness people from Norfolk don't think outside of Norfolk so we haven't considered whether so the earth's flat, flat. no it is flat That's I mean it is though. flat and I don't care we don't I don't even know where all of Norfolk is yet let alone what the whole world looks like <laughs> not even a lie right I've picked this because I like the title Okay. Cobyobs launch crops at homes in bizarre attack. <laughs> That's right, you heard cobyobs, and I'm going with it because I think cobyobs is going to catch on. Corn of the cob. Corn of the fucking cob, They're David. throwing corn of the cobs at people. A gang of thugs launched scores of veggies at homes after apparently nicking them from a nearby field. That is exactly what it says in this article. <laughs> Neighbours were. I don't le- think nicking is journalistic. Uh... In I North- can't think of a word either, so they, they've outsmarted you me. because there's, there's loads of fucking words they've added <laughs> just to make this news. Um, Neighbours were left shocked after being awoken by loud thuds as corn on the cob missiles slammed into doors and windows. And police are taking the bizarre attack very seriously with extra paroles, paroles, patrols, targeting the area in a bid to catch the cob yobbos. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The attacks happened on Friday and Saturday night. In New Manor Park Housing Estate in Sproston. If you've ever been to Sproston, that's uh, that's going to be very upsetting for them. I feel like Sproston is where a lot of these stories are If you're Norfolk, you say Sproston, just saying, David. Did I say it wrong? Well, you did say it wrong. You said it how... Well, I guess you say it how the UK might say it, but... Uh, the UK? Do I represent Sproston the... is where, um, I'm pretty sure, Alan Partridge's um, fucking radio station was. Wasn't it Sproston? Yeah, it could have been. I feel like it is Sproston. Yeah, probably. Splatter marks could still be seen on the front of the homes last night. And I must say, there are some pictures, and it is upsetting. Does a corner of the cob make a splat? Apparently there's a little they're kernel. Co- I mean, it's presumably <laughs> not been cooked. They didn't cook it first. No, because they just dug it out of a field. So surely it's more like getting a rock thrown. Not even a rock. Well, not a rock. In fairness, and I, I don't know, I think these. I think they need to all pop, wind the necks in a little bit, because they don't look that bad. There's a little bit of a splat on a window with a little kernel, a little, a little drip with a kernel at the bottom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The only reason they've written this story is because cob and yob rhyme. Definitely. Definitely. Um, they've spoken to someone called Mr. Starbuck. <laughs> <laughs> who lives in the Is area. from Buck Rogers? Fuck <laughs> he, He's living in Manor Park. There have been a few things going on in this estate recently. There's always seeming to be something going on at Manor Park. It's a nice place to live, but there has been a real spike in antisocial behaviour. 
It's a very strange thing to uh, talk about things going on as being really negative, isn't it? God, there's always things going on. I'd wish we were all dead. Like, surely just <laughs> just things going on is a good thing. I love it when things go on. That's nice. I do like it. But oh, well, would you like to hear what pensioner Marion Lamb says? No, I'd love Whose to. house was targeted? <laughs> we just arrived home from holiday on Saturday to see this huge mess on our lounge window. I can only imagine what a shock that loud thud would have been when young children are present. Oh, my God. And Norfolk's what just being terrorised by this Where do you reckon, where, where do you reckon they got back? Where did they get back from holiday from? Munsley, probably. No, well, I was thinking like Mallorca. <laughs> She's a pensioner. She ain't gone far. Munsley. Munsley. What would you have done in Munsley? Got on a caravan, had a cup of tea and come home. <laughs> There must be more. She's so, been, she's been there. She's gone on holiday. Where else she might have gone to Wells on Sea, or I don't know. She might have gone to um, up to Cromer, eaten some sound... crab and had some cream tea. <laughs> doesn't sound like there's much going on in her Sheringham, life either. Sheringham for a bike ride, <laughs> if her a... little legs can manage it. <laughs> Oi, my nan's a pensioner, and she can fucking still ride. She goes and gets her sausages from the shop in Baldwell. Is this your nan that has a book? Where she clocks cats in and out of her house. Yeah, and my nan who found a crowbar on her cycle home and kept it. <laughs> For what? Did I don't it, know. In case she met the cobbyers. We, we went round her house one day and she went, oh, I found this on my on my cycle home from the shop. I was like, that's a crowbar, man. She goes, yeah, well, where'd you get it? I don't know. <laughs> thought I'd pick it up and bring it home. Good, 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 good. Mm. So she can fend off the corn yobos when they t- or the cob yobos when they turn up. How did she carry it? In a basket? She's got a basket. It's very, no, but very awkward. Crowbar's not an easy thing to, on a bike. She must have just held it in her hand. She probably or cycled she, home if with If she it had like hand. a backpack, she could have put it across the back. So she'd look like mm. a lunatic. Look like a baseball fury. In fairness, my nan does look like a lunatic. She's about four foot eight. <laughs> All she's got in her basket is sausages and a crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> and a little book where she uh, logs in the cats. None of those cats are hers. Anyway, this, <laughs> ain't, about, this ain't about my nan stealing the neighbourhood cats. This is about cob yobbos and how fucking serious it is. Oh, don't worry. Town councillor Bill Cousins is on the case and he's got quite a face. Um, he's on the case. Sorry, that's not even... Does he look like say. he's come from outer space as well? <laughs> he added, the actual call of the corn on the cob is really quite hard, so it can't have been very nice at all. Oh, I mean, oh, that sounds like the most well sensible done, voice of the world. Well done, town councillor. I'm glad you, the people of Manaway salute you. <laughs> I mean, wow. that, that sentence does say, I don't really give a fuck, but I'm <laughs> yes. going to have to say something that sounds caring. I can't believe I'm getting fucking interviewed about yeah. corn on the cob smashing a window <laughs> in a pensioner's house. <laughs> well, you can't even... You, young and in Sproston can't even have fun <laughs> digging stuff up out of a field and throwing it at someone's house anymore. It, does seem a bit, it doesn't seem like a news story. It is Norfolk, and that's why I do this subject. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly the point, David. <laughs> Doesn't seem like news, does it? But that's Norfolk. Oh, we love it. Right, well, I'm going to wrap up Norfolk news there, I reckon, and move on to a song. I might just... <clears throat> oh, look, I can talk normally again. Actually, I'm pretty much the same. <laughs> that's all gone wrong. So, this next song is from a band called Shackleford, and the song is Rhetoric. They're from the Heartlands. Now, guys, just want to say this now. Where's the Heartlands? <laughs> because everywhere we looked up where you're from, it just says Heartlands. And when I look it up, I don't actually know where that is. Is it Birmingham? Is it we, ha- we had a conversation before we started about where the Heartlands were, and we had both respectively looked it up on the... On the I was going to say on the Google. On the <laughs> like, a, like your man. Yeah. Uh, we'd looked it up on the internet, and we both came 
to the conclusion that it was completely different places. You thought, well, I thought it was Alabama in America initially, <laughs> but then I worked out that it said something like between Swindon and Cambridge, something. And yeah. then you said it was Cornwall. Well, there's a, there's a mining something rather in Cornwall called Heartlands, but I don't think that's this well, one. I think you might have even mentioned Norfolk at one point. Well, yeah, well, Cambridge is on the edge of Norfolk. Cambridgeshire is just next to Norfolk. Well, maybe you should do it in your Norfolk accent then. I don't think anyone want any more than this. What? (laughs) 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 Let's get rid of that. Right. So, it's from their self-titled debut album, which is out now via a few places, via Side Mission Records, Mud Cake Records in Europe, and on cassette via Cat's Claw. So, yeah, this is Shackleford with Rhetoric.
welcome back to the Breakfast Bunks podcast. We're now going to move on to our main topic of this episode, which is what's it called Fest 2021, mm-hmm. which took place over the weekend just gone, as far as we're concerned right now. But if you maybe listen to this in the future, it was the 24th to the 26th of September. If this is the first time that you're listening to this podcast, I just want to apologise a little bit because <laughs> uh, this is going to be a bit rough. We normally do quite a a lot of research and put a lot of thought into our episodes but this one the only research we did was going and getting drunk for four days on the trot and um and we're just (laughs) gonna gonna try and remember what happened we're just gonna wing this really (laughs) so uh, so we'll see what happens it's gonna be a bit of a loose a loose episode lots of name dropping and some very nice bands for you to go and look up that's pretty much gonna be the the gist of this i reckon indeed in a nice way and probably some you know incriminating uh, <laughs> stories. stories mostly incriminating about you if we're honest <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the first festival since any of the lockdowns that I've attended yeah. and definitely the most attended thing that I've been to since yeah. um, and people from all over the country came which was lovely it was a proper friends fest I and... think as well it's weird isn't it because it's in our hometown yeah so I suppose that's that's the other thing it feels special no matter what, Yeah, I guess, just because, yeah, loads of people came to Hastings. Yeah, exactly. Loads of bands came to Hastings. Yeah, and, like tons you know, of bands came to Hastings. Yeah. So it was it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. I still feel very warm and fuzzy and slightly croaky and really fucking unwell. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I should say as well, yeah, we're recording this podcast like two days after. Yeah. And we are COVID free. We are definitely COVID clear, free. We've, we've done quite a few tests, but... There's I, some shitty cold that went round pretty much on the first day. I don't day. think it's even... I don't, yeah, probably, but it's not even a cold. I think it's just like that thing where you're so hungover <laughs> that by Tuesday or Wednesday the you're next week, you still you still feel quite unusual. Yeah, and collectively, like from the people that I've spoken to since, there's quite a lot of rough feeling people today I'm with no voices, yeah. having to like go to their like very actual proper jobs and speak in meetings. <laughs> well, not to go all black flag on you, but um, haste, like, you know, considering three of us put it on and we were obviously all there. Yeah. We had a fucking band practice last night. So that's, mm. that's the reason that I'm croaky, I think, more than the Mossy <laughs> Cool Fest. Probably. And maybe it was YMCA. We'll get to that. <laughs> so we're just going to work through the days, really, and just talk yeah. about whatever comes up. I think. Yeah, see how it goes. Let me let me talk about what what what's it cool fest is, just in case we do have a couple of people listening overseas. No, yeah, a couple overseas of people listening, li- listening from far away. So let me tell you what it is. This is the fifth. What's it cool fest? Twenty twenty one was. It was supposed to be the fifth one, twenty twenty, but obviously it got cancelled because of COVID. I've been a part of promoting it since the third one. I think my band played it on the second one. Yeah. Yeah. We actually weirdly moved to Hastings on the day, or possibly the day after the first ever What's It Called Fest. Yeah. So we celebrate our we celebrated our five year Hastings anniversary. Yeah. During this weekend. Yeah, we did. So we've literally been in this town for the exact same amount of time that What's It Called Fest has been running. Like I say, I help organise it along with uh, Dan Flanagan, Mark Tanner, and Kathy Butler, and. We also put on regular gigs down here in Hastings, or we did before mm-hmm. the pandemic, I suppose. Um, and we have started up again. Uh, we might I must have mentioned this on the podcast, but a few, what, like a month ago, we put Snuff on mm-hmm. down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a few more lined up for the rest of the year. Incisions are coming down um, for the Kiss tribute band Snogs. Uh, after party, <laughs> oh, of course, um, unofficial, unofficial, um, and 
we're also putting Culture Shock on in December. Yep, and uh, announced yesterday, well, yesterday, oh, yeah. it's not going to make any sense now whenever you're listening to this, but announced Just very announced. recently, <laughs> uh, Mr. Timothy Loud Mr. will Tim be coming, uh, coming to Grace Our Presence. Indeed. Grace, uh, Grace Our Presence? Grace, Grace us with his presence once again. Yes. That's uh, what I mean. Along with uh, Jason Sterling and Nana. Nana, yeah. So that's going to be fucking great as well. So, yeah, if, you wanna, if you're interested in any of that, if you're from Hastings or you want to do what an awful lot of people did this weekend, which is come down to Hastings and have a fucking banging weekend Fuck by the yeah. seaside, then follow Toxic What's It on all of our various social medias um, and what have you. Definitely do. And that. again, I've said this on the podcast many times, we also run a record label, so uh, buy some uh, records. Distro, yeah. And a distro, We've got lots of really nice, good things. Loads of good things now, especially after this weekend. You seem to have. Uh, I know like, Haste's third EP a... did come out, didn't that it? That is definitely Whoa. where that was going. Whoop! <laughs> <laughs> now, I saw a lot of things got added to the distro over the weekend, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of those then. Indeed. So, for the past couple of What's It Called Fest, we've done something on the Thursday night, and last time, I, I'm probably, from now on, if I say last year, I obviously don't mean last year. You mean year, 2019. Because I mean I'm definitely yeah. just going to say that now. Yeah. Um, so, last year we did a gig which we put on in a basement of a venue called Whistle Trago, uh, which is in the old town of Hastings. And they've just got this tiny little room which fits about 50 people. Uh, gigs down there are always crazy. So we had planned to do another one of them this year, but they haven't actually properly opened that part of the venue yet. So we had it at the same place which the rest of it happened at, which is The Pig, uh, which is where, what's it called, Fests 2 and 3 happened. Yes. Uh, it was called something different, but it's the same yeah. building. And then we went off to Crowley's for last year, and now we're back at the Pig again. Yeah. The place has literally just been taken over by the guys that were running Crowley's, and so they've done a really amazing job mm. of actually like getting it in any way ready. I mean, they got it together pretty much in the week leading up to it. It was yeah. amazing how quickly it all got sorted. So and prior to, that, prior to that, like the snuff gig that we put on, which again was almost like, I suppose, a dry run for oh, this like true, bigger yeah. event. Like They managed to get all of that together they did some really nice food although i didn't actually manage to eat any of it no, but they put on, like, vegan options and all stuff, sorts of stuff so yep. hopefully everybody enjoyed that and the uh what's it called fest cocktails were back and i must say mackie well done you pretty much made every single cocktail and they were fun. <laughs> <laughs> you looked like you'd made every single cocktail by sunday morning you poor thing but absolutely uh, outstanding work i really Can't hope you did so many cocktails i hope you actually counted how many cocktails you made I hope so you Mackie, didn't. not you. you didn't oh, me? You I didn't make any. <laughs> no, no, I mean Mackie. So I'm talking to the audience. I'm talking to the audience. I'm talking right to you, Mackie. <laughs> yeah. So let's start on Thursday with the pre-gig. Yes. Not an official part of What's It Called Fest. Yes. The pre-gig was initially supposed to be, yeah. like I said, it was supposed to be in a, in a basement. That fell through as so we moved mm. the venue. It was supposed to be Nosebleed, yeah. Bitter Man. Yep. Both of whom we've played on this podcast. Yeah. And a new band from Hastings yes. called Comeback Clit. Yeah. So it did start with some sadness because our poor, poor, poor drummer, Annie, got the COVID, what, five days before? Like five days before. And it was due to be our first like proper uh, gig, as it were, in front of that many people and in, ha- in Hastings. Um, but it wasn't to be. Someone knew that we'd only written a 10 minute long set and therefore we were cursed. And so poor Annie had to stay home um, and be ill. Someone so, knew? What do you mean someone knew? You mean like God? Someone. The, the ether. I'm just going with the like. <laughs> the universe. <laughs> the universe. I'm not, I'm not naming anyone. <laughs> 
But yeah, um, something out there knew that we really hadn't prepared that much. <laughs> Maybe it was Thorhan Iridium. Thorhan told that fucking woman with her implant. No, he told the Galactic Federation that you'd turned uh, up with only a 10 minute set. And then they and cursed th- Annie with COVID. Yeah. Harsh. They do I that. don't really like the this I thought they might be all right. And now I'm <laughs> off them. But anyway, so come back. Clay, unfortunately, didn't get to play. We did um, <laughs> weirdly sell shitloads of t-shirts prior to it. <laughs> so some people were still wearing the comeback clip t-shirts over the weekend. We're very grateful, and it was just a lovely, warm, fuzzy feeling to see all that. And also the wonderful Kate Bruce, who is a um, good friend and an artist here in Hastings, created us a wearable vagina <laughs> with our name on it. So that got a good area as it were it, it did <laughs> at the get festival very good yeah. um, so I felt like in a weird way there was some comeback clip presence at this festival even though we didn't play a single song I, I would say that that vagina was a lot of comeback clip presence because I haven't seen anybody share any photos from the weekend that doesn't involve at least one person wearing it our collective vagina is filthy yeah, right now <laughs> it needs a good wash it might be worth shouting out Kate Bruce has in previous years not always I think for What's It Cool Fest but definitely one year was What's It Cool Fest she's made all sorts of different things yeah. I think the first one she made a vagina for the Tubman, which was yeah. the venue that the very first. And like I say, we weren't there, but um, it had like a porthole yeah. between the bar and the stage, and so she put a vagina over it so people could stage dive through the. And vagina. Do you know what it was for? It was for her birthday, and it was her oh. rebirth. Ah. <laughs> so she made a massive vagina that people just kept <laughs> jumping through. And then she made a bum hole for. Was it the last one or the uh, Revenge's last Tastings gig, maybe? Yeah, it might have been, which would have been a What's It Cool Fest, I think, actually, yeah. 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 And a similarly, a big bumhole on stage that people had to jump through. You could stage dive through a bumhole. Yeah, and now we've got our very own wearable vagina. It's amazing. I don't think you'd want anyone to stage dive through it, though. It's more of a head. No, it's a headpiece. It's a headpiece. (laughs) You could stage dive with it on, I guess. Oh, and many people crowd surf with it on. Yes, sorry, yeah. Thanks to all those beautiful people as well. It was a really... Anyway, we have talked about a band that didn't play, so we should probably talk about some bands that did play. So, thankfully... It wouldn't be a What's It Cool Fest without this band taking a last-minute space to fill out the gaps <laughs> of when bands pull out. So the wonderful Butane Regulators took yeah. our space, and I don't think they've not played a What's It Cool Fest yet. I think uh, they've well, played I think everyone. Last, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not totally but sure. I, they haven't been booked for everyone, but when it comes to it, they do play everyone. <laughs> well, no, last, <laughs> last year they, they played the pre-gig again, yeah. and then someone pulled out for the main thing, so they played the next day as well. That's it. Butane regulators are always fucking brilliant. Yeah, they're so and it's a, it's a great way to start off. It was really sad that Comeback Click couldn't play, obviously. But, I mean, I imagine, I can't think of anybody better to really... Take the place. Take the place. Yeah, and we love... Uh, Butane are always a great people to see. I never get tired of watching them. So I was uh, obviously sad, but, but very pleased that they're the people that we got to see instead. Yep, so next up was Bitter Man from Portsmouth, who, like I say, we did play a song from on this podcast at yeah, some point. Yeah, a few podcasts ago, I can't remember when. Off of their really awesome um, second CD EP, yeah. sort of yeah mini album thing. Um, the first one's fucking great as well. Bitter Man, I absolutely love. They sound like a nineties metal band. Yeah, um, which, like, which I say, kind of since, study stuff. I yeah, liked it. Since the last time you've seen Bitter Man, you've really got into <laughs> yeah. trudgy nineties. I love it. What, what, what I, did, what I did went you make to, I literally, because Dave made me a quadruple album <laughs> called Metal Mayhem, and it's just basically nineties thuddy metal, and um, <laughs> and I'm really really into it now. I can't remember how you described John Bush era anthrax. 
Oh, like um, like some kind of like weird cowboy rap. rock. Yeah, yeah cow- cowboy country, rap ro- cowboy rap metal rock, <laughs> which I'm fuck. Like, turns out might be my favorite genre of music ever, <laughs> along with Rob Zombie. <laughs> like, I think, I think yeah. that's. Let's not anchor Bitter Man with Rob Zombie's corpse. No, of, of course not. I don't mean it like that. But that's so. Anyway, that's kind of where we're where I'm coming at at the, at the minute. I'm just loving hearing some thumping metal, and so yeah, Bitter Man really ticked that box. So then, headlining that first day is uh, the wonderful nosebleed that we probably don't need to say that much about we've played them on this podcast as well and they're fucking brilliant yeah proper <laughs> proper garage rock beautifulness yeah and, um, they, and they always do a really bloody good show they pulled out all the stops uh, the last what's it called fest that they played if you haven't seen them before nosebleed always come out or um elliot and ben come out into the audience um, and sort of play their guitars and sing in the yeah. audience. And last year, Elliot was waterboarded by someone with a full can of beer. Yeah, so, poured um, a full pint onto his face as he bent. <laughs> he was bending backwards, playing his guitar like a proper rock star. And then, yeah, someone just poured a whole pint on his face. It was fucking brilliant. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think Elliot thought it was that brilliant. <laughs> no, I'm sure he it made for a I'm very sure good photo. There's though. a brilliant photo of that. So, yeah. as much as it caused him some misery, it's a very good photo. So maybe she just get over it. But so. <laughs> that, so <laughs> Yeah, earlier. Yeah. Uh, so that was the Thursday. It was very good. Um, very good Thursday. So Friday morning, Siobhan, how was the hangover? Hangover level. Actually, my hangover, pretty non-existent. I was very ill from having a cold. I still went to the gym. I would say my hangover level was a four out of ten. Mm. Thankfully, because I drank a bottle of red wine for the soothing effects on the throat. Uh, warm and thick was what I was aiming for. That's a horrible thing to say, but that is exactly why I drank red wine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I feel, I feel a little bit like you've taken credit for my idea because uh, I had planned to only drink wine <laughs> for this entire week. Sorry, can I also add, you had planned to be straight-edged last week oh, yeah, and then yeah. it immediately went wrong and now your plans are more revolved around just drinking red wine. Yeah, I was true true till Thursday. <laughs> true till like Thursday. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please, can that be a song? <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually mm-hmm. <laughs> drank a bottle of wine on Thursday and I was also... It worked. Yeah. Nicely drunk. Nicely drunk. Not too drunk. Nice as well. A nice drunk. Yeah, warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy drunk. And then I woke up and I was fine. And yeah. I actually, I went for a run the next day. Yeah, uh, look at us. But yeah, it didn't, you know. Yeah, that was the last physical not, activity we did. We're not saying any of this to try and boast. We're just getting prepared for what then. Yeah. <laughs> what then I think it was on, more on like, future let's, mornings. let's try and stay as well as possible. And Friday was the only opportunity I thought. Yeah. That's the only time. The rest of the weekend's going to be a write-off as we... Uh, Soon find out. So then we got into Friday. Yes. Friday was the first proper day of What's It Called Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously always shorter. We just do it in the evening. Uh, but this year we did six bands. I was about to say, you say shorter, but it did start at half six. It so, did. I mean, that's pretty good for a Friday gig. And it was full from the beginning. It didn't look like all of a sudden yeah. people just turned up and it was full from the beginning. A little peep behind the curtain of what it feels like to put gigs on if you have never done it before. Yeah. If you do book a band to start playing at, I think it was 6.50. Yeah. Uh, it's not the greatest of ideas. Yeah. And if there's not really anyone there by about 6.30, you do sort of lose your mind. Yeah. And you do sort of get a bit worried. But of course, 
all of the amazing, lovely people from What's It Called Fest, as they did on every day, yeah, all arrived on time. Bang on time. I will like say... bang on time. Yeah. Like 6.45, no one yeah, there. Exactly. 6.50, everyone turned and up. And in those five minutes, we had to put on about 100 wristbands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that wasn't ideal, but yeah. that's not a complaint. So, the first band uh, who played was Riviera Kid from Kem. Yep. And uh, we've also played them on we the podcast. It's going to get boring if I yeah, say sorry. <laughs> Almost all of these bands I think we've played the every single one of these bands uh, <laughs> <laughs> that are playing. And... Um, Fucking brilliant band. They're um, brilliant amazing. set, really good. I've not seen Riviera Kid before, but I know I've, I've spoken to them because they're a big fan of the podcast, I think. And now I'm just outing you as a fan <laughs> of the podcast. Sorry, you're always commenting and you're always really nice. So, yeah, I feel like we've had a, a social media connection. Yes. But it was actually amazing to see uh, you guys in... So I was directing it straight at them. Riviera Kid, it was great to see you guys. But it really was. It was a, They were a really great um, opening uh, for the Friday, it was yeah. great to see them. Yeah, it was perfect. And like I say, Good it was just—it was brilliant. It was an amazing thing. I've never seen that many people uh, get to a gig at, yeah. for six fifty. Yeah, <laughs> like ever. No. So, so that was <laughs> that was fucking great. Yeah. And next up was the Sewer Cats. Yeah, I'm going to say it, who we've played on this podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sewer Cats are fucking brilliant and were fucking brilliant. And I think those two bands, one after the other, was just a really, really great way to start yeah. on Friday. To be honest. Neither of them are like straight up punk bands in in, in no. any way, not at all. And obviously, I say that in completely in complimentary, uh, complimentary yeah. way. And I think it was a really interesting way to start what is ostensibly a punk festival yeah. with two bands that don't really sound like anybody else. Yeah, I would completely <laughs> no, agree. You know, and I think that's that's amazing. Yeah, no, I absolutely love the Sewer Cats. I think it's actually only the second other time that I've seen them. And they will chew your ear off about cats. And I mean that in the nicest way. I shared, <laughs> I shared so many pictures of our cat with cats and, and saw so many pictures of their cat. It was so good. Um, so if you want like joyous, beautiful pictures of cats, sewer cats are your band. As well as well, seems- them being fucking amazing as well. <laughs> but yeah, love the sewer cats. I can't wait to watch them again and again and again. They are another band that will just never be boring. Another band that will never be boring. Yes. Knife Club. And the first time I've seen Knife Club as well. First time I've seen Knife Club. Well, I guess to so say the Knife Club got together, what, just pre-pandemic kicking off? Yes. And then they had gigs booked just before the pandemic started, I think the April, mm. and then it all got cancelled, and they never got to do their first uh, gig until a few weeks ago. Yeah. Just to say that Knife Club are a superb band. Hey, very made clever. Up of members from Revenge of the Psychotronic Man and Nosebleed and Casual Nausea and Haste and Matilda Scoundrels and Faintest Idea and The Barracks currently, and yeah. which would also be a second Haste. <laughs> and, um, I think that might be it. Is that everyone? Oh, I feel bad if we forgot if anyone, but that is right, a lot of people. I apologise. Mouse Brass. Hey, you're just naming all the bands. Well, Everyone, yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Technically, true. Christmas. Christmas? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll get <laughs> to that occasion. later. Yeah. You're blowing our beans I up here. People went mental. Yeah. Lots of crowd surfing. I think every single member of that band was crowd surfed at some point. Yeah. If you want a vague idea of what this festival was like, just look at the sort of six or seven pictures that... Uh, oh, it'll probably be more by the time this uh, comes out, but... Um, if you can find Mark Richards' original post of just a few of the knife club shots yeah. he got, it was just that was that was what it looked. It was that's what it was like. Pure joy, <laughs> loved it. Um, so yeah, well worth the wait. And uh, yeah, and another band that we have played on this podcast. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, do you know next one we haven't played on the podcast? No, we haven't. Although we have played some of James's other bands. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> so uh, and that is the domestics. Yes. 
who again I'm sure don't really need a great deal of introduction but as ever and as always domestics were fucking banging yeah I think they were the first through and through proper punk weren't they yeah just saying that the other bands we've mentioned are all very uh eclectic sounding yeah. domestics are like just hardcore proper yeah shouty shouty shout and I think that um actually just looking through the whole bill of Friday because next up is Kildren who are like fucking rave punk yes and and after that is two sick monkeys who i suppose you could say are a pretty straight up punk band but they definitely don't sound much like one no it's true <laughs> it's very true children were amazing as always for those who haven't seen or heard them go and educate yourself very quickly because mm-hmm. they're just um there's nothing quite like a children rave punk performance no and I think the same goes to Two Sick Monkeys really there's not really anything like Two Sick Monkeys either Two Sick Monkeys were a replacement we had the restarts originally as the headliners and they had to pull out about a month before Two Sick Monkeys officially speaking although Mm -hmm. I don't know how official (laughs) this is really they've sort of broken up but um, they're continuing to uh, play every now and again and I think this this must be their first gig back after lockdown yeah it must be and they had Mr Beat they were amazing. They also did a Restarts uh, nod as well. They did. I believe they changed the lyrics to get something about another cider rather than outsider. That's but right. I didn't catch that because I was just singing along <laughs> to the words that I thought I could hear. <laughs> was your hangover on Saturday morning amazing? Did you get up early and go to the gym and uh, you know do all the healthy stuff that you'd done the day before? Definitely did not get up early and go to the gym. <laughs> Saturday morning's hangover. I'm starting to get better off of this cold, but it does mean I'm drinking more and so the hangover has gotten worse and that's when the cocktail started on the Friday. So Saturday's hangover was... Um, pretty what's it called fest you could argue that that was the point fueled. when you stopped drinking the wine that was keeping you well you could describe what you just described in a completely different way mm, well one way would uh, credit you too highly with <laughs> your red wine drinking only method um i do remember that saturday's hangover was remedied by a morrison's Full English breakfast, which was the fucking worst experience <laughs> oh my God. of my life. I completely forgot. I think I must have still been drunk. Yeah. Oh. It was absolutely Well, terrible. just because it was like, what's the quick... We were running a bit late to get to the venue on Saturday morning because it started early. And so we were like, you know what? Morrison's is basically a canteen. Let's just run in there and get we were, a breakfast. We were basically looking for a vegan breakfast that wa- that was cheap and wasn't Weatherspoons. Yeah. And so that was like... And, then I'll, walk, and a, then I'll walk in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no effort. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Zero effort, please. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was a fucking disaster but it did uh what let's let's describe the let's review the morrison's uh the breakfast itself was all right yeah it was a bit sad it had some of the most amazing mushrooms i've ever seen (laughs) fucking ginormous mushrooms that were really like thick in a way that i've never really known so much oil in the nicest way yeah they were actually really good (laughs) gagging for that much like dirty oil that morning but there's a film I i think it's like some really shit comedy film and there's a couple that are, have just found out that they're pregnant and they go to the cinema and they're sitting in the front row of the cinema and behind them is just everybody has got babies that are screaming and they're sitting and trying and watching the film. I think it's, I don't know how famous of a scene it is, but I think it's like a well-known like Hollywood comedy film. All right. Couldn't tell you what it is at all. Yeah. And being in the Morrison's Cafe on Saturday morning felt a little bit like that if you replaced... 50% of those screaming babies with screaming old people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a good reminder that I never want to have children and I don't want to get old. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it was either children screaming or I remember hearing an old woman shouting at another person and then I bumped my elbow and there's this bruise and it ain't gone away. And then she just went on and on about how her skin integrity was bad and I just thought, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> 
You don't want to bump your elbow. I don't want to get old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a complete nightmare. So yeah, so the hangover um, felt like ab- it didn't feel that bad, but it was definitely amplified when we got to that Morrison's. I think worse still was the fact that when I ordered, I ordered and paid, and then the man said it will be forty minutes or something. Yeah. It was just like this. Into- I was like, oh my and then fucking life! A child like, screamed on cue. Yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> So, How was your hangover on a Saturday morning? Well, I will say the Morrison's breakfast helped it. So yeah. my plan, I'd planned it out. Yeah. I bought three bottles of red wine. I was going to have one a night. Accepted that Saturday might get a bit out of hand. Yeah. But Friday shouldn't have. Mm. When I got there on Saturday, I only had about half a bottle left. So I must have done a bottle and a half. I was feeling a little bit rough. A little bit rough. On Saturday. Feeling a bit rough. The idea of playing a gig... And being at a gig for 13 bands. You also had the issue of um, stuffing yourself with breakfast and then having to play two hours later. Yeah, that was Which great. never goes down that So well. I normally don't eat if I'm going to sing for quite a while beforehand. Yeah. Probably just for not really good reasons. But no. I tell myself. I tell myself it's because to make sure that I don't just vomit. So just <laughs> as soon as I start shouting. David's an energetic shouter. <laughs> and... Uh, I didn't keep up with that because I had to have a breakfast because I felt so rough because I'd obviously just gone off yeah. piece the night before. But <laughs> did you good? Did you good? And so then we were ready for the Saturday and uh, the first band playing on Saturday was a tester. Mm-hmm. They were absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. It is their first gig finally because yeah. well, they... Well, their first gig in a venue. They, they, you played with them. True, in I did keep underplaying this. We had an amazing um, time in their practice room where they um, had their first like showing and they invited us along so that we could have ours. And that was really good. Um, but then um, COVID happened, other things happened and they had to cancel all their other gigs. Their first gig was meant to be Discharge, mm-hmm. which would have been amazing. But this ended up being their first gig and they were fucking awesome. They mm-hmm. were really good and I think it was a really brilliant way to open... The Saturday. And the Tester are another superb group who are made up of members of, and I'm not going to know them all, Barracks, Watch Cries. I know that Darren's been in loads of bands yeah. from many years ago. And they're also a band that we've played on this podcast. Indeed. And talking about <laughs> bands we've played on this podcast, oh Jesus, I'm just looking up this list. Right, I'm not yeah. going to say it anymore. Stop saying it. Because they've all been played. Pretty uh, much. Next band is Rabies Babies. Yeah. Who were fucking brilliant. So cool. Um, and again, I should say, this has all started at, what, one? Yeah, one o'clock. One o'clock was on. the first band. And again, Full from the Hastings beginning. and assorted people from around the country that came to Hastings for the weekend. You did yourself so proud. You did that still turn like... up five minutes before again. Yeah. So we, really, we really do need to address that. Like, no, we know you're coming, but, but you make us feel like you're not. had wristbands from the night before, yeah, so that's true. fine. But yeah, it definitely is, again... <laughs> if you want to peep behind the curtain and anyone's thinking to themselves I might put on a festival don't start it at one not unless yeah. not unless it's like you live in the keenest town ever start it at like three say it's starting at one and start it at three or four yeah. but, but it um, worked out but it did it worked out amazing and Rabies Baby's like because I was really worried because like a tester had come a, a little way like they were from Brighton Rabies Babies had come from um, London the next band Top Left Club had also come from Brighton and it was like they were playing really early yeah and um so I was worried that, you know, it would be horrible if the room was going to be empty. And I can't remember who it was, so apologies if you're listening. But I definitely had a conversation with somebody from one of those bands who said, oh, we were literally expecting to play to, like, ten people. Yeah. So, and it was it was just great. Like, the, the audience was so, like, attentive to yeah. everybody from, from the start. So, yeah. But anyway, Rabies Babies, one of my bands of the festival. 
Yeah, they were absolutely wonderful. Complete joy. They said at the beginning, like, by the end of our set, we want to put smiles on all your faces. I think I had a smile from the absolute very beginning. They I were think just like, did. Yeah. they were just pure joy. Even though some of what they're singing about wasn't joyous at all. No, of course. Which yeah, is yeah. the point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were just absolute pure joy. And they had incredible hats. They had light up octopus hats. <laughs> Yay! And then after them, we had Top Left Club. Yep. Which, uh, okay, what, what genre do they play, David? <laughs> <laughs> well, Tracksuit synth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Garage rock? I'm going with that because I think that might be what it is. Yeah, it's not far off. I would say they, they sound like a merge of all of the various bands that the members of the Markmen, including the band the Markmen, have yeah. kind of put together since the Markmen more or less broke or didn't break And up, in fairness, that might be quite an accurate representation of this band generally because isn't it members of Rotten Foxes and members of Skinny Milk? Yeah. Who are... Nothing kind to do of, with the Markmen, yeah. No, but like kind of that nice echoey garage punk beautifulness. Yeah. Um, I suppose you could argue, yeah, mixing those two sounds together makes, with this, a synth. makes this band just right. Yeah. But yeah, those tracksuits, I don't know how the fuck. So these, the again, sorry for wet. anyone who wasn't there, these guys <laughs> play in full shell suits. Full, like, like wrists thick. And they cuffs. almost look like skiing outfits. Yeah. They're like, they're, I think they're thicker than even like a shell suit. And I just don't know how the fuck. Yeah, they're like proper, like maybe 90s, 80s kind of like tracksuits. And they're just proper plasticky nylon. Yeah. Yeah. It must be the hottest thing in the entire The drama world. looked like a bucket of water had been poured on him at one point. The poor man. I don't know how he managed it. It must be like being in fucking guar. You know what I mean? But just without like <laughs> just quite so much stuff on top of you, like less obvious, like it's a less true. obvious version of being in Guar. I massively appreciate and adored the kind of like Devo esque robotic uh, movements that Jimmy Diamond was doing at the front as well, <laughs> and I specifically appreciated them even more because he had a really um, straight face doing it. But every now and then he had a mate that was just to his to his left at the front, and he kept breaking and just uh, having a right little giggle. <laughs> Made me laugh. We played them on the podcast before. You all know what they sound like. Yep. <laughs> the next band uh, was Haste. We haven't played them on the podcast. We before. haven't played. You refuse to play your own band on <laughs> this podcast. Weird, isn't it? Why would you do it? Well, I don't think you can really describe Haste unless you want to describe how you felt playing. No. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a fucking. Brit- like, it was um, really good fun gig to play. Yeah. Again, like the audience was just lovely. Yeah. And uh, I suppose we've played quite a lot since lockdown as we, well, whatever, whatever period we're in at the yeah, moment. Where COVID post-Covid, is, except we're yeah. still here. <laughs> um, and I think it was probably, we've had some really good ones too. Since yeah. I mean, I think people are hungry for gigs, but this was definitely, hey, it's something about playing in your, yeah. in the venue, you know, to like loads, all friends or, you know, more or less all friends and like, Oh, it was just lovely. Well, I'll say, I mean, I thought it was the best. Uh, there was some, we'll get on to what actually happened in the gig, but I think it was one of the best times I've ever seen you what guys did, play. What well, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> and also, I think, yes, it was a room full of friends, but I think tons of people are fans of you guys, so it was a very nice sing along moment at various times. Uh, two things you've got your wall of death going again, that's yeah. going to be a thing. I guess. I think, yeah, it depends. We might not be able to do that if we're playing like a pub with sort of four, <laughs> like sit, four seated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, but I loved it and people were just kind of singing and dancing in the middle of a wall of death. I think it was, I more, death, I like, think it was more of a wall of fun. Of fun yeah. yeah. It, just run at each other and tell each other you're really happy. I've yeah. never seen such a smile. Well, I think people smile in a wall of death. Yeah. I don't know why. What a bunch of knobs. We take wall of death from these fucking macho hardcore prints. Yeah. And then, like, loads of cool bands just do it. And we yeah. still call it a wall of death. Let's not exactly. call it a wall of death. Let's call wall it a love. wall of love. Yeah. Wall of love. The other thing that happened was, at the beginning of one of your songs that's pretty 
I mean, they're all about quite severe subjects, but it was uh, Distrusted Uniforms, wasn't it? Because I actually know the name of that song. Yeah, made a the song's not actually it. called that, but yes. Is it not? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, but it, it is. Oh, has it got a funny one? Oh, it's yeah. probably got some long, stupid yeah. name, as yeah. it all do. Um, and pretty much immediately, your microphone stopped working. And Dave, you styled it out. You just went straight into wedding dance mode <laughs> for the entire song. <laughs> and people got behind you. And I remember some people coming up to you at the end being like, that was my moment of the, like, that was my favourite <laughs> moment. <laughs> the bit where you didn't sing at all, what, you just danced. <laughs> I'm going to say outright, the people to thank for that is Dave and Beth, because we actually did go to Dave and Beth's wedding. Yeah, the week uh, before. What was it, like a week before? And I fucking love a good wedding. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you got we, your we, we got a chance to have a little jig. At the but wedding. I loved it, literally, like, because the rest of the band gave you nothing, like, as they should, they're pro as hell, so they carry on playing, and you just ditched microphone, got your shoulders out, uh, but <laughs> got a microphone I have working. To, I should say, I don't really remember doing it, but it was by this time I'd had most of the wine. It was a wonderful thing. <laughs> and then you got given a microphone that worked and got to sing one word. <laughs> <laughs> Yells propaganda and then the song was over. It was well, wonderful. So again, yeah, I don't really remember. I don't remember at the best of times when we play. Yeah. I think probably just the adrenaline and stuff, but also often I've had a few. Well, you guys are very good. Good. So there we well, go. I'll tell you who was better. Yeah. Shooting Daggers. Yeah. Shooting Daggers are fucking cool. Again, yeah. we have played them on our podcast. We, have, we played them really early on. I, I think, think they're in was, the first one. I don't think it's the first. It might be the second. But yeah, it was really early, definitely. Yeah, really early. I'd never heard them prior to us playing them on the podcast. And I was like, this is amazing. And they did not disappoint. They were so good. Yeah. And they had to go and play another metal gig the next day. They did. Uh, good on them. Yeah, yeah. And they're very good house guests as well. Very <laughs> superb. Very yes. good house guests. Excellent house so guests. So if you're ever putting on Shooting Daggers fight to have them stay at your house because they're very <laughs> very polite well I'm sure everyone on this I mean no one had any issues we all <laughs> loads of these sorry not that I heard someone. yeah I didn't yeah. hear any issues from any other camps <laughs> just to say but yeah shooting dogs are pretty fucking cool the next band was uh, Terrapins yes which for those who don't know that is Tim Loud I feel like band it's another minute. superb group in a way it's to some extent but group. let's not let's not yeah, definitely he, definitely Tim Loud he's put together a good Tim band Loud. of accomplished musicians <laughs> yes very and much. Tim Loud is doing his music yeah. And it's always a lovely pleasure to have Timothy Loud in uh, Hastings. Yeah, I think I'd hit peak at this point because I was really moved by... You were emotional. Yeah. (laughs) If I'd stopped drinking at this point, I think it would have been fine. But instead, there was (laughs) six six bands left. But yeah, I thought... I love Tim Loud's acoustic stuff. And I love Tim Loud. Yeah. And... I just thought this band sounded fucking brilliant. They were so good. Uh, and uh, I said to him afterwards, I don't think he's ever heard this band, but they, they really reminded me of the Flatliners. I think just because he's got a really good singing voice, and yeah. the guy from the Flatliners has got a really good singing voice. I don't Stylistically, they're probably not that similar in a lot of ways. But um, there was just something about it. It just he, like, he played a few of his songs that obviously he's done before acoustically and stuff like that, and they just, with musicianship underneath it, just, I don't know. It went straight to your heart, David. You had a little like nice moment. <laughs> Sorry, you weren't you weren't crying your eyes out to Tim Loud, not this time. Um then the band that was meant to play so we only had two bands pull out over the weekend. Yep. Uh comeback clip, boo. And Brassic unfortunately weren't able to play for similar reasons. Mm-hmm. And so in their place we had Skinny Milk. Yep. Who fucking cool. They're again, uh, they both had already played in Top Left Club and got very sweaty. Yep. They had donned much more sensible outfits for their uh, <laughs> yeah. for their uh, own set. And yeah, they've played Hastings a few times as well. It's always a pleasure to see Skinny Milk. They're yeah, an awesome kind good. of um, again, what would you call this music? It's just... <clears throat> it's like psych, like garage psych. 
punk. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, again, just looking at this, looking through this bill, there's just so many different styles and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, they definitely don't fit naturally into a into a punk festival. But yeah. they're also perfect for a punk festival. Yeah, and super appreciated. Yeah. Like, just as such a cool, a cool thing. It has just occurred to me that after playing a set in those fucking tracksuits, yeah. they had to go and sit down for, what, an hour and a half... And then come back and try and play another set. Admittedly, not in the tracksuits, but yeah. still, Jesus I wonder Christ. if they got in the sea to cool down. A lot of people got in the sea over yeah, the weekend. Sense, yeah. I wonder if they uh, had to sweat down. But And then the next band that played were Rush Decision. Mm-hmm. So I only saw Rush Decision for the first time in the skate park gig that you guys played with them uh, in Bristol a few weeks before. Yeah. And they're just so fucking good. Yeah. And again, another band that just... No one disappointed. I can't even stress to you how good every band was. Yeah, I feel like going through this list is gonna, it might be a <laughs> it bit It made it really hard to find time to eat, which yeah. again leads to the after party that happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rash Decision were fucking cool. Um, yeah, one of my favourite bands of the weekend for sure mm-hmm. yeah just like furious noise I loved yeah it. perfect and then from furious noise to again you know i don't know how you put these guys in a punk festival but they were perfect oh i love them always mean steed mm-hmm. if you haven't heard mean steed fucking go do it because this is like right up my alley yeah it's proper just 80s hair metal style yeah, well, not hair metal not hair metal like heavy metal it's heavy, just heavy metal, metal yeah heavy yeah. metal but 80s uh, themed but so we the first time we ever saw Mean Seed I don't really know how they got involved in the punk because they played quite a lot of punk gigs but I yeah. think they also mostly just play gigs with other metal bands yeah. and stuff. but we saw them at Wonkfest yeah first band fucking on years and years and years ago in the small room at Wonkfest yeah and I get it was one of those things where you come to a punk festival, you've seen a bunch of punk bands, and then you walk into a room and there's just this fucking heavy metal band playing. Yeah. And guitarist is climbing on the tables and playing crazy guitar solos. Yeah. And doing all of this crazy and stuff. And they're all swinging their hair about. Yeah, and they're, they're all playing like and... flying V's or the similar yeah. equivalents. And it's proper like, wow, this is like foot stompingly fucking awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I love I love a Mean Steed interlude in a punk fest Absolutely. always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, long may that last. Um, the next band that played were Christmas. From Germany. From Germany, all our the way from first, Germany. Our first international uh, band of the of fest. The night. I mean, obviously we were a bit worried about booking international bands. Or actually, yeah. well, we weren't in the first place because we no. booked all of these bands for the year before. Yeah. But we were obviously, you know, I think everyone was a little bit unsure really. And Christmas really put in a shift. Mm. So I didn't quite understand this, so apologies if I get this a bit wrong, but because of the sort of rules in Germany about COVID, they could only be in the UK for like 48 hours. And they wanted to come to the whole festival. So they came on the Friday. Just in time. Just in time. They watched all the bands on Friday. They obviously got up, watched all the bands on Saturday up to when... I mean, up to sort of... Possibly even the end. I think they were there until the end. And then had to drive to fucking Folkestone or whatever yeah, and get, get, the ferry. A, get the ferry back. Seems like a crazy law to me, really. Surely if, you've, if you're going to bring COVID, surely the amount of time you spend in another country shouldn't really make that much difference. Well, I but guess anyway, it does. That's, it's, not, it's that's t- certainly not their fault. But, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they made it, I, I think they reportedly made it back with like half an hour to spare yeah, or which, something. I mean, that's a real, that's real effort. Yeah. And, uh, I noticed on there, they put a post afterwards saying that they were, like the first sort of DIY punk band from Germany, as far as they were aware, that had actually managed to go out and play, go and yeah, and and like work around those rules and stuff. Nice. So yeah, good on them. And Show and them they were, again another band that we saw in slightly less unlikely circumstances, but still quite unlikely circumstances. First, well, the only other time I've seen Christmas, uh, Haste supported them, 
at a hotel in Bexhill. Yeah. <laughs> Like a carpeted floor, yeah. cruddy, shut down now hotel. Um, and it was like a pool table still out, really lit up bar, people just eating peanuts at the other end. And they yeah. were fucking insane. They were, they were, but it was lit. I can't, I can't explain enough that it was, it was a not, I loved the, the, that pub. Like yeah. I said, I'm not saying this in a like pompous way, but it was just a real fucking spit and sawdust Gnarly. like pub, like yeah. Foster's on tap, yeah. you know. I think the sport was on. Some sport yeah, was on Yeah, people the with their kids are still down and the yeah, other end at so midnight. People are not there. For, well, yeah, some were, but a lot of people are not there for a punk gig. They're just there to, you know, get pissed on yeah. a Friday night or whatever. And again, if you've not seen Christmas play, that they're, they're quite energetic. Quite, yeah, quite and, a performance. And I, you know, and I, and I guess in fairness, not to blow my own bollocks, but like Haste are quite energetic too. Yeah. And I think it was Rat's Nest was the other band who played, who I can't say I remember that well. But yeah, I mean, it was just this weird... One side of the pub was, was a bunch of weird. blokes who just got, you know, watching the football. Yeah. And around the other side was a bunch of punks watching a German band. Who just I feel like over. everyone enjoyed it. It was I fucking like great. got involved from all everyone corners. Everyone loved it. it was so, brilliant. Well, it was definitely well good to see Christmas in an actual punk place. Yeah. And yeah, well received. So good. Again, another, another highlight of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Speaking of highlights of the weekend, Jodie Faster. More foreigners. Uh, more foreigners (laughs) French band probably the most charming punks that make such a ridiculous fast amount of noise that you've ever seen and they are just ridiculously good like it's I mean every other band was amazing but like to have to be on the same bill as Jodie Faster must be quite a quite a, a a feeling when you see them you say that the first gig yeah of Haste's European tour yeah was in France with Jodie Foster. And Jodie Foster played before us. Oh, God. <laughs> I think, is that right? That I might... think they did. I'm sure they did. did they out, open? Of, out of niceness. Like, yeah. out of, like, you know, so so I think they played and then Pizza Tramp played after us. Yeah. And then we just came you on little, and played, little a, little sandwich played a load of fucking doom. <laughs> and I must say, Jodie Foster are anything but doom. They're like, no, yeah. imagine Absolutely. punk and yeah. then speed it up far more than well, you think is possible faster almost make it Ooh, faster you could say. made it faster <laughs> but yeah they were so fucking good and yeah what a pleasure to get to see them again mm. another band yeah who they've actually been on tour throughout the UK with uh, Pizza Trump and Rash Decision and Each from so- what I've seen about it the, the entire thing sold out yeah right? every show was sold out yeah. and crazy yeah. and they were back to back <laughs> yeah I mean I'm, it's not remotely surprising that's three incredibly mm. good bands you know what a treat. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like... Maybe not cool. for them doing it many nights in a row. I think they were <laughs> all they quite broken. Like shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Simon said that his, his back is like a prawn now. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Talking about backs like prawns. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> harsh. Uh, so then, the penultimate band of the night was Pizza Tramp. Oh, do you know what? It wasn't, by the way. These bands all got moved around. I've just suddenly realised, but it's fine. Oh, really? We're doing these from the... yeah. Pizza Trump had to play earlier. Oh shit, they and did, Christmas didn't they? And Jodie well, they had, moved up, but it's, it's fine. They had to play earlier because their their standing basses needed to go home because <laughs> they'd bro- been on tour with Pizza Trump this they, fucking I think they broke week. they broke him, poor bugger. Oh gosh. So yeah, <laughs> Pizza Trump played, but they were absolutely over the moon to be playing so late and be so drunk by that time. But they did, again, as always, Pizza Trump always go down superbly well. They're yeah. so good, and everyone in Hastings fucking loves them. Yeah. So always a treat to see Pizza Trump. Yeah. And the final band of the night was The Filaments. Yeah. 
Um, who were just, you know, as everyone expected, really fucking good. Yeah, Filaments don't play like loads and loads, I don't think, anymore. No. And um, they're beloved. They are very beloved. And, and, and they were great. Yeah, they absolutely smashed it. Yeah. Everyone went mental. And I think a lot of people felt very nostalgic about seeing the Filaments. Some people yeah. are like, God, the last time I saw them was like 10, 12 years ago. So yeah. to see them again and for them to be just as amazing was a real fucking treat. It was, and it was absolute carnage. Yeah, it was absolute, <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I think, I mean, it, I should say it was absolute carnage for probably the last, almost every band <laughs> to some extent. True. But, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely by this time the, the crowd were... Pumped. Really pumped and really partying, and I think so was I, because I won't lie, filaments set a little bit hazy in my mind. I remember uh, the bits I can recall, I, I remember did, enjoying a great deal. And I did actually, when we said, when we were just getting on to this bit, and I was like, and then the filaments played, I shot you a look, and I could see that we were both looking at each other like, <laughs> holy shit, I think I was really drunk at this point, because I, I remember seeing a trombone, and I remember dancing an awful lot, uh, and I'm sure they were really good, everyone told me they were good, but no, they were, I do remember some things. Yeah, <laughs> we don't touch much Scar when it comes to Toxic What's It generally, we only really book Plot 32. Yeah. And, and I suppose Dick Lucas's various Scar projects. But um, Filaments are definitely not what I would... Uh, you know, they are, they've got Scar elements, but yeah. they're, they're definitely not a... They're, uh, much more they're not that. what I would consider a Scar band. No, very, very, very good. And then, uh, thus then began the two-hour party of Dancing on the Tables with random people from Hastings who uh, joined all of the punks. Oh, yeah. Big, <laughs> um, dancing to the YMCA... And singing into each other's faces furiously. It was really fucking good two hours of my life. I imagine. Where I thought I was going to go home and then two hours went by and I was yeah, very drunk. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, so it, as always happens, descended into a complete party. Everyone was dancing. We have a playlist that we play between bands at like all of our gigs and mm. all of our festivals and stuff. And it's all like 80s bangers and 90s bangers mm. and stuff. And so there was just loads of that going on. Everyone was absolutely fucking trollied, apart from those people that weren't, of course. Um, no. I'm, I feel bad saying that because I know there was people that weren't drinking and stuff. But that's um, right. Well, you can. Well, everyone was dancing on the table. But everyone was dancing. Didn't matter. And then, like you say, a bunch of completely random, quite smart. I sort would of say, yeah, fifty-year-old women out with their gay mates, basically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, the campus of wonderful dancing started happening to YMCA and I was being grabbed by people who I don't know to dance with them and sing into their faces but it was just wonderful because I do just I can't you know those people must have just come from another pub (laughs) or maybe they were at the theatre or something like they'd obviously had a normal night yeah and not that you can ever have that much of a normal night in Hastings because it's fucking Hastings and then just to walk into a room, just yeah. think, oh, we'll go and get another drink in there, and My- then to walk in and just like, there's literally just these crazy hair, you know, like everyone's yeah. got weird. Hair. Yeah, we don't notice it. Yeah. We, it's, you know, we're who we are or whatever but yeah. they must have just walked in and just been like these really tattooed freaks. Like, yeah, green haired crazy drunk people who yeah. are dancing on tables and fucking going crazy to like Madonna. Yeah. So that doesn't add up in their head, I don't no. imagine. But good on them. My, and a lot of them just fucking well, joined in. My favourite like, bit is the YMCA starts and I'm dancing with you and you're like, what's this? And I was like, it's the YMCA. And you're like, ah! And you got on straight on a table and then if you... I've seen loads of videos of this on like people's Instagram stories and if you flick through the stories quite quickly, it goes from you... 
to then maybe three people, to then quite a few people, to then tons of people. And I'm like, who's that woman in the red dress? And who's that man that's singing straight at me and pointing, who I do not recognise <laughs> at all? And then that's when I realised, shit, there's tons of people here that we don't know, <laughs> who some, aren't even punk in the slightest. Some people from Hastings. Who must be wondering, what the fuck is this? And is it always on on a Saturday night here? Um, oh, those they're all going to turn up this yeah. Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder, what, why, why isn't there some weird man dancing on the table, pointing at me, singing the YMCA? Oh, but it was such a such a good party, such a good night. Um, so that was Saturday. That was Saturday. So uh, how did we feel on Sunday? Morning? Fucking not well. I mean, I think we got home about three. Yeah. And then we had to be back at the venue, although I was a little bit late, yeah, late. as my as my fellow uh, promoters <laughs> will point out if they listen to this. But we needed to be back about twelve. Yeah. And kind of like get up and you know sort everybody out and what have you. So I reckon we could have only got about four or five hours sleep i think i slept for about two hours because it was just very bad sleep um so that was fun so hangover terrible (laughs) yeah say more More? yes um well we found (laughs) we found these little lambri strawberry lambrini cans in the off license next door keeping in mind that we were only going to drink wine (laughs) i made no promises i just needed the wine to get over my cold on the first night and it did the trick and by saturday i was feeling pretty well well enough to drink ridiculous amounts of strawberry Lambrini and then when we thought this is getting too sickly we bought some little vodkas to stick in it to water it down and make it not so sickly but make it you end up being quite sick (laughs) and I don't think I drank much else other than that so I just felt sugared and disgusting but you know, fight through it. When we got, got home, there. you just produced a small Smirnoff bottle from your handbag, like a, <laughs> like a proper seasoned alcoholic. <laughs> and most of it was gone. It was gone. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, hangover-wise, yeah, pretty rough. Uh, yeah. You? Yeah. Um, you finished your stage so, wine? <laughs> yeah, so once the wine had gone, I couldn't even tell you what I've moved on to, really, but it just it totally went out the window. All of my intentions to be straight edge went out the window. Uh, I definitely had a least one if not i think maybe three or four jaeger bombs oh gosh um there was there was just like i don't know there's booze floating around yeah so yeah not great but i will say not as bad as i deserved (laughs) (laughs) i think i was definitely more sleep sleep deprived yeah that's it like totally hung over so yeah but it was um it was hard sunday was then hard so then on sunday we move on to have a bit more of a relaxed day again we've done this the last couple of years and we have an acoustic sort of afternoon gig. Mm. Starts at one, goes through till kind of whenever, but more or less like four o'clock, something like that. And uh, last time, which was the first time we'd done it, it just worked really well because, again, loads of people had come down from, you know, other places in the UK. Yeah. And like a lot of the bands had obviously hung around after Saturday night. And so it was quite nice for like just kind of everybody to get together have a mong and it probably time. helped a little bit with it certainly did for me uh but probably with a lot of people's sort of anxiety of like oh was i a complete prick last night yeah <laughs> um, get to see some other hangovers in action uh, yeah. and just make sure people are okay so it's quite a nice thing and then yeah. on top of that you get some really cool acoustic music. music which again we don't really mess with with toxic what's i know we've brought up the fact that we're obviously putting tim loud on soon and that's going to be an acoustic show but I feel like that might be the first one we've done since I've been involved of like all acoustic stuff 
so we had one person pull out of the Sunday, which was AJ Simmons, which is a real shame because we played with him a little while. Well, it's not a little while ago because it was before lockdown, so a couple of years ago, probably mm. in Bristol. Uh, he does loads of stuff just generally, but unfortunately, he couldn't make it. So he was replaced with Rob Luther, who's Bless. from Bitter Man, who had <laughs> literally, I think, an hour's notice, maybe, yeah. and not a guitar. So he didn't even have a guitar to yeah. practice with. So he had to wait until someone else came with the guitar he was borrowing. Also, I love it because. And I didn't know he'd ever done any kind of like acoustic or like folk punky stuff in the past. So I was a bit like, God, I wonder what Bitter Man and SLM songs are going to be like acoustic. <laughs> and I thought it was pretty uh, fucking brave. But no, he, he turns out he's had a, uh, a folk punk past. Mm. And so he frantically remembered a few songs from God knows when. Like you say, um, with an hour's notice yeah. on someone else's guitar. And, and as, after three nights of partying. <laughs> and as anyone will know, if you've ever seen the SLM. Yeah, uh, Rob's quite good at the guitar. Yeah, this so. I love that this is his like he's in two other bands and this is just his. Oh, I can just what an hour's notice on three day hangover. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll crack it out and then lo and behold, turns out he's really fucking good at that yeah. as well. So. I might forget a couple of words, but otherwise I'm going to play completely perfectly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. I think we're all just like Jesus Christ that I'm a bit in awe of what you can produce on no sleep, no warning, yeah. um, on someone else's guitar. Um, so yeah, that was it. Was a really good treat. Then we've got uh, Ewan Fitzgerald, who Yay. is the bass player from Butane Regulators, who we talked about before. We love Ewan, yes. and he does loads of different musical projects. He's always mm. got various different things on the go, and he just played some really nice, like... I don't know if I'm going to get this wrong either, so sorry, Ewan, if you're listening, but I think it was felt to me like it was obviously acousticized. Kind of like American indie, mm. was that Dinosaur Junior type stuff? It was fucking yeah. Great. Oh, we'd like we'd like you to say that. Oh, very good. Yeah, you and hilarious in as much as he used to come in the cafe every week and be like, "I'm in another band." Yeah. We'd be like, how many is it now? He's like, "Oh, about seven. <laughs> and they were all active. Yeah. <laughs> so he was always. I mean, even this uh, weekend, I think he had to leave at one point to go play in another gig. Oh shit! He and did, come didn't back. He? Yeah, he did. Having already played on the Thursday at last minute. Yeah, notice. he really put on a shift on Saturday. Actually, yeah. was it on Saturday? Yeah. No, he he watched like 10 bands or something yeah. then he went to a venue that wasn't that Down, close yeah like, pretty far away while, way away played a gig and then came immediately back and caught the last couple of bands yeah exactly <laughs> and then again and then played on the Sunday and he yeah. was he was again really good it was always a nice little treat to see you as was Jason Sterling yeah from Matilda Scoundrels I feel like everybody must know Jason yes um, across the punk scene although if you don't uh, or we've played Matilda Scoundrels on this podcast before yeah. do you know what we haven't played any of Jason's solo music no we must we must do that um, next time. Next time, hold us to it, Jason. Cause we will. <laughs> and you're and uh, Jason's playing with Tim Loud uh, yes. at the gig in November. So if you're around, definitely come to that. But yeah, yeah, we'll play him soon. Jason does kind of like folk punky type stuff. Yeah, um, I'm not really. I don't know enough about. I fucked around with an acoustic guitar, so I probably should. But I don't really know enough about folk folk punk to properly compare him to anyone but I think what he's doing now to me sounds a bit like Mischief Brew but kind of a bit more chilled out with some levellers thrown in nice but I might just be saying that because I'm pretty sure he likes both those bands so <laughs> yeah. I've just been messing it up but so. really fucking good and yeah I can't wait to see Jason again as well so and last but very much not least to finish the festival I suppose yes uh, was Aoife Supertramp yeah. Aoife is in uh, Kildren yeah. who obviously we've already talked about because they played on the Friday um, but she's been doing acoustic music for ages and she's brilliant. Yeah, really, <laughs> really, like, fucking good treat. She's got a set of lungs on her, mm. and to be, like, still singing so ridiculously after screaming your face off on the Friday in Kildren. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was, again, another real treat. And I'd not seen Aoife's uh, solo stuff before. 
so yeah, it was just really nice. Really and I think, good. yeah, just to say again, like on the Sunday, again, as you do when you promote and things, you worry a little bit that like maybe people are going to be too hungover. Yeah. Maybe a lot of people will have gone home. Maybe no one's really going to be up for coming to, you know, after seeing loads of hardcore yeah. bands, do they want to come and see acoustic bands? But no, as happened really last year, it was just a fucking lovely, relaxed, chilled out, yeah. like friend fest. People were coming you know some people came and just saw a little bit of it and then had to go and that was all fine it was a lot of like goodbyes and it was just like i don't know it's just a really nice a lot of people having their hangover recovery lunch yeah. whilst listening to amazing music it's quite in fact more people than i expected to be having their hangover recovery pints if anybody managed to actually get, get out on it. on it on sunday <laughs> i think I, I will take my hat off to i you. feel like uh, members of the slm were uh, put in that position because they booked to stay the sunday night thinking it was going on all night and at four they were like christ what are we gonna do now i was like the pubs are still open <laughs> so they may have um who knows yeah but you say that but we were all we all, we live in hastings yeah so, that's true I mean, by that we should still be drunk by what you just <laughs> 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 every day every day is a party in hastings so i think we've gone on long enough yeah, i hope that long. wasn't just too much of a just list of bands Again, we were just sort of winging it, really. We didn't, we didn't quite know what we were going to do. But Siobhan, final thoughts? I fucking loved it. And I can't wait for that to happen again next year. <laughs> no, it was really good. It was really nice to see everyone. I think my favourite thing is literally... I mean, all the bands were amazing, but I think it was just being able to be in a position where you're seeing that many bands. To only have two bands pull out was pretty... Three, actually, three acts pull out over the whole weekend was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, for people to be playing all together again, playing to big audiences of people that are just... I feel like it's going to be really appreciated for a really long time. Mm. And I think gone, hopefully, gone are the days where people are playing to not many people at the beginning of festivals, at the beginning of gigs, because go and see every band now. Because, because remember all, what it was like when we taught, didn't get to a yeah, gig for a year and a half. We've all been taught a lesson. Yeah. You know, COVID has sort of told us off. Exactly. If a gig <laughs> starts at a certain time, get there and watch every band because it's been too Because Siobhan says so. Because Siobhan's band's going to be that first band <laughs> on for, for years to come. Well, not for long, I imagine. <laughs> no, not for long. But um, no, <laughs> honestly, it was, it was so good. It was great to see everyone. I think this is the first festival where I watched every band. Mm. Um, a, because I didn't want to miss a single one. But B... Yeah, I'm not gonna. Mi- I'm, I, I'm aiming not to miss people now. It mm. was just lovely. You? How'd you yeah, think? it was fucking brilliant. I, I don't know what to say really. I mean, mm. I think you know, a handful of stresses, I suppose, from the perspective of the you know putting it on and yeah. worrying about things. And obviously, I'm sure this happens to absolutely everyone. In the days beforehand, you start thinking, "Oh my god, yeah. is everything going to go wrong?" Particularly, you know, one of our friends got COVID, and we were like, "Oh my god, is everyone?" What if everyone gets COVID? How, what, what are we going to do? You know, where are the bands going to stay if everyone's yeah. house has got COVID? All that sort of stuff. And then you start thinking, oh shit, what if all the bands pull out? Yeah. What if no one comes because they're worried about, you know, and all of this sort of stuff. And absolutely none of that was required. Mm. You know, if you just shut your fucking brain off and just let everyone get on with it, then it turns out that uh, everyone's just fucking brilliant. Yeah. And that's more, that's more or less what I took from True the weekend. Yeah, indeed. It was amazing. So we'll play a song for you guys now. Uh, this is Sniff, which is Alex from Bobby Funk. He's now doing a solo stuff. And the song is Detergent. It's from his self-titled EP that literally just came out and is available online. So go to Bandcamp and get that downloaded. It's wonderful stuff and everyone's raving about it online at the minute. So this is Sniff with Detergent.
Trashy film for review is Rockula from 1990. He's shy. Misunderstood. What do you do? I'm a vampire. <laughs> Have you ever seen one of these before? 18th century, right? And he hasn't scored in 400 years. Man, that dude so got the blues. He just met the perfect girl. <laughs> lost her for the 14th lifetime in a row. Just forget the fact that we are the oldest living virgins walking the planet. But all that is about to change. Because if the devil sold his soul, he still couldn't rock and roll. I don't think I'm a vampire. I really am a vampire. <laughs> like Rockula. Rockula is about a male vampire who lost his lady love centuries ago. She was killed by a pirate with a rhinestone peg leg wielding a large ham bone. (laughs) Our hero, the vampire, did nothing to save her. So now he is cursed to watch her be born again in another life and watch her die, strangely enough, by a pirate with a rhinestone peg leg wielding you-know-what. Now in 1990, he has, he suspects, his last chance to try and save her instead of watching her get clubbed over and over again down through the years. Oh, and he becomes a rock star in the process. Jesus Christ. I think that really well sums up... <laughs> it does. Um, ...Rockula. It does. <laughs> Dave, what were your thoughts on watching Rockula? Um, in many respects... This film should... I really should have liked this film. Mm. It had a lot of stuff in it that normally I think I would like, but there was something about it that just didn't do any of it all that well. Yeah. I think my biggest problem with it was was that the main guy, Dean Cameron, Mm -hmm. who plays the titular Rockula, Mm -hmm. couldn't really carry off, I felt, that role that he was trying to play. No. And just to describe that role that he was trying to play, it was almost like... It was kind of like... A real proper, like, comedic movie star. Not quite a Jim Carrey, Mm. but, like, somewhere in the... You know, those sort of, like... There's so many 80s films where it's just, like... Maybe even, like, totally different, but maybe even, like, Leslie Nielsen or something. In Naked Gun, you know? Like, everything he said was sort of stupid. The script went for, like, constant jokes. Yeah. But this guy just couldn't... He wasn't very funny. I feel like. Also, also, I don't feel like you say the script went for constant jokes. I don't remember there being many jokes. Well, there was apart attempted, from when there was obvious attempts there at was jokes, attempted jokes. Yeah. I think there was a lot of things that you could tell that just misjudged yeah, a little bit. So much misjudged. Um, interestingly, this guy's main other credits are summer school, ski school, and ski school two. So that Good gives boy. you an idea. Uh, more recently, I can't quite understand what this is. He started a karaoke band that. Parodies three different Corys Corey Hain, Corey Feldman, and Corey Hart. I feel like you would like that. That they call Corioke. When I first read it, I thought it was him and those three people. Obviously, it couldn't Aww. be because Hain's dead. Feldman's mad. And I don't know about Corey Hart. What's happened to him? He's the sunglasses after dark guy. Oh, yeah. So, he might be in it. <laughs> it. It isn't that. It's not that at all. It's just him parodying those three Corys, only one of whom is really a singer. 
I mean, obviously, Corey, well, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman have both respectively made albums they in their time. Indeed. But I can't imagine that anyone wants to watch this man sing karaoke over the top of them. He also claimed that his first ever album that he ever bought was straight out of Compton, which might have, <laughs> well. led, might have led, yes, to uh, he's not only rockular, this guy, uh, he's, also, rap, he's he? also sometimes rapular. Um, I wrote down some lyrics. <laughs> Go on. There was a girl called Mina. She liked my wiener. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about <laughs> that right. Happened. Except the girl's called Mona. <laughs> so the whole time I was like, why is he saying Mina anyway? Anyway. I will say that I think all of his songs, not all of them, because it's, so it's not really a musical, this film. Uh, but what happens is, well... There's an awful lot of songs in it. There's a lot of songs in it. and But the way that they work that in is that when he dreams, yeah. all of his dreams look like an 80s rock video. Yes. I mean, this film doesn't feel like it's made in the 90s. I know it probably wasn't. I mean, it was made in 1990, but it's very 80s-y. Yeah. Um, And then, obviously, as part of the story, the girl that he's going after is in a band, so sometimes he goes to a gig and then she'll sing a whole song. Mm. He starts a band in order to impress her, which Mm. is called Rockula. So, obviously, he sings a few songs and also does this Rapula uh, thing. Mm. The craziest thing about this entire movie is that in his band... Is fucking Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley on the guitar. Yeah. He was Axeman. And he was in a gold leotard at one point during the rap scene. So when he did the rapula, he wasn't he had a gold cape and leotard. And at one point this guy walks up to him, points in the face and says, Are you dissing me? And Bo Diddley says, No. <laughs> and that's very strange. It's really strange that Bo Diddley is in there. Susan Tyrell, who is an amazing actress who's just pops up in loads of like really crappy movies mm. pretty much, but she's always incredible. Uh she's brilliant in it, but also she plays the bongos in his in his band. Yeah. So that's kinda weird. It's weird. Tony Basil is his mum. Yeah. Tony Basil being um, Oh Mickey, you're so fun, you're so fun, you blow my mind. The very same. Yeah. But of course, because they're vampires, I think that they're more or less supposed to look the same age. If you know what that I mean, that was like, the yeah. that was the gist. But I would say Tony Basil is famously much older than you would think, and I think she was in her forties or something when they made yeah. uh, Hey Mickey. So she yeah. would have probably she probably could have been this guy's mum, but she doesn't. I mean, not she that she look looks it in any way, shape, or form. I don't mean that, but but yeah, there's a few things that I liked. There's quite a lot of montages, one of which, uh, so he meets this girl that he falls in love with who he thinks is going to die in two weeks' time by a pirate. Such a weird storyline. With a hand bone. With a hand (laughs) bone. Um, But so in order to find her, he goes around to like all of the cool places and he talks to some hair metalers in montage for a really long time. But it is a bit weird because it's just over a song. And they're quite far away. They're quite far away and they're just talking, but you can't hear what they're saying because it's a montage. And it goes on for about two minutes. So that's a bit weird. Um, At one point, he's putting flyers up for his band hoping that she will see the flyers and come and see them. And he puts one up on this really cool board of je- obviously genuine flyers from, like, Los Angeles in 1990, one of which is a St. Vitus, yeah. I noticed, which is that man who's now gone crazy. Yeah. And then after he... So he then, yeah, he plays this gig as Rockula. He does have quite a cool um, winged jacket. Yes. Which Good says Rockula, but it, it's a bit weird because the K is just in his it's middle. It's just on his chest, yeah. And then because there's three letters either side on each wing, that's kind of a bit strange. But after the gig, uh, he he walks down this corridor of people. It's like his first gig. And so he walks down this corridor and there's all these people congratulating him. And the people are like, there's there's some like metal dudes, there's some like hair metal dudes, there's a couple of punks. 
And then there's like a tennis player. There's a midget for some reason. There's someone yeah. that looks like Spandau Ballet. And but the weirdest one is that there's just a guy with a Finnish flag painted on his cheek, who's draw- who's in like this blue sort of almost like wrestler's outfit, but he's really skinny. He's not like a wrestler. Mm. And I couldn't quite work out what he was, and I don't know why he had a Finnish uh, flag on his uh, cheek. Probably one of my favourite bits in this film is that when he meets... The the bad guy is played by this dude called Thomas Dolby, mm. who, it turns out, we watched a couple of his music videos afterwards, and yeah. I think he was kind of a bit of a also-ran pop star in the 80s. I think he is also a... He's more predominantly a music producer. Okay. Um, like, he's produced a lot of people, and he's now, like... I think he's a very good musician, a very good good music production person. Yeah, okay. And he's now like a professor at a university for it, who happened to make two ah. hit singles in the 80s. So, yeah, because I mean... He has had a few albums, but I don't think they go anywhere. Yeah, I thought I'd heard his name before. And his songs are like not terrible, but they're not, they're not particularly great. They, they, de- yeah. they definitely didn't stand out. But he is the most annoying English so human annoying. being in the entire world. He stands out like a fucking... Sore thumb just because he's got. I mean, he's supposed to be. He does have quite a cool character because he sort of he manages the girls' band, I think. Although that's never totally obvious. But he also runs what I think is just a graveyard. His name's Stanley, and it's called Stanley's Death Park. And he does these cool like TV adverts that I quite enjoy. About like one of them's about all of like the new coffins that he's got and thing, and that's quite funny. And there's another, and it sort of looks like an almost like an amusement park, doesn't it? But, um, but he's just being a twat at the front. Yeah. But the bit that I really love with him in it is that when him and Rockular have a fight, he's got a hand bone. Rockular's got some sort of weird, like, spangly... Almost, it's not really a sword, but it's kind of the shape yeah. of a sword. And so instead of just having a fight, they do this, like, fencing thing yeah. where they pretend to do fencing. And they kind of run at each other with their swords, but they both totally miss and then kind of bump into each other. And then both look down and the joke is that their cocks are touching and then they sort of go, that's the funniest thing that happens in this film. I mean, and the words to that is, is that a hand bone, Stanley? This explains our little backstage pork fest. (laughs) I missed that. And then when when Stanley hits his mum, he goes, that was my mother you just boned. So basically, I think the whole point of having this hand bone as the weapon was just to have those two jokes at the end, which yeah. is pretty shit. Yeah. Um, he also, as part of his death park, because um, he has weird adverts that come on a few times, and it's only in the second advert that it becomes clear that it's a graveyard, because he actually points to some graves. And he also does this, like, meditation bit. Oh, yeah. And I remember him just going, mmm, that mantra felt good. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? But it's weird, isn't it? Because, um, so the... Oh, God, it's so convoluted. But at the end, he's trying to kill the woman by putting her in... The, a cryogenic a chamber. cryogenic chamber. And part of that advert is yeah. all of the different things that you can get played through the cryogenic chamber. Oh, One yeah. of them, I think, is him doing that mantra. Yeah. And so when he ends up... Obviously, everything goes wrong. Yeah. He ends up getting beaten up by the hero, and he ends up in there. What happens is that it just starts playing this kind of relaxing... Uh, but I remember what they, it says to him. The mantra that it says over and over again, my nine-nine is an extension of my penis. <laughs> my nine-nine is an extension of my penis. Over and over again. He was yeah. like, what the fuck is this shit? Well, actually, in hindsight, that's probably the funniest Yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I remember the mum does a sexy dance during coffee after dinner because she has uh, the boy and the girl that he's trying to save over for food and then for some reason they go, should we have coffee in the other room? And it just cuts straight to her dancing and singing and doing a rap at him. Well, and she's got some sort of weird professional wrestler boyfriend. Who falls into the record player yeah. and when he tries to put it back on he just does a... Yeah. Like he does a bit of a DJ scratch. It's just fucking shit. It's, yeah. It's just like everything that they sort of knew about music they just tried to include but without any of the backstory to any of it. So the only other thing I liked about this film uh, spoiler alert I liked almost nothing about this film was that the guy who is a vampire the entire time except he isn't subject to any of the normal vampire things he's not scared of crosses he's not scared of daylight he's not he scared garlic. of garlic he likes keeps, garlic keeps colds away they make a point of that but they never explain it he just says I'm immune oh cool explained done <laughs> he does this thing to prove that he is a vampire to the girl by turning into a bat and you think he'll just turn into a fluttery bat but he doesn't he turns into like a tiny little, well, not tiny, like quite a large, stodgy human being in yeah. a bat outfit who farts when he walks. <laughs> yeah, <he does. laughs> I don't understand why that happens at all. I don't say this with any sort of like mean spirit, yeah. but I think that they must have had a, a cheaply available uh, casting studio that yeah. was that cast midgets. Yeah, because there's the that weird bat is definitely like a, a little person, dude, yeah. and. Um, there's this really strange bit where Tony Basil's in the bath. She says, instead of me, she says we or something. And he says, who else is here? And then a small, a, a small guy who I definitely recognise from other films like just suddenly poke, pokes up from, the, from um, the bubbles. And I think he's... I don't know what he's doing down there, but I don't think it's anything sexual. Uh-huh. I think it sounds like he was just... I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. The jokes aren't good. No. I mean, like you say, when you said there was loads of jokes, I was like, I mean, I don't know. There's attempts at jokes throughout the film so this is the thing that confused me about this film normally a film like this where there's a tent I'm sure anybody that's listened to this podcast and has heard Mm. some of the reviews we've done of films that are utter dog shit and have loved there's no real difference between this and them yeah but there is something that they just don't quite it doesn't quite hit yeah it doesn't quite hit the mark no it doesn't Reviews online say otherwise some people think this is brilliant but I just I just don't think it's um, it just doesn't isn't as good as I would hope. What did you think of the music? Because the mu- a lot of the music, most yeah. of it fits into the sort of kind of big head, yeah, like 80s pop kind of stuff. I think it's similar to the film. It was fine. It was quite well done, and it was all right. Yeah, but it didn't quite. None of them were good. There, there wasn't any song that I remember. No, none it, of the songs like were particularly that. good, and none of them could sing, which doesn't make any difference really. But it just was kind of just a bit painful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I think I was. None of the songs were great, none of it saved it, so I think I was kind of out by that point, yeah. which is a shame. Because it sounds, like you say, on paper, it should be amazing. When I walked in the room one time and you were watching on YouTube just the Tony Basil song, I was like, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. Yeah. But then the whole film together, I was like, you know what, it's not that great. Yeah, no, I presumed it was going to be it's great. Maybe that's what it is as well. It was like, I really thought this was going to blow our minds. Yeah. And, and it just didn't. Mm. Well, a bit of a fizzle for this film. Uh, rating? What are you giving it? I think it deserves a four. Oh, it wasn't I, like I could. It's the type of film I could probably watch again, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's but true. It, but it wasn't. It definitely wasn't great. Two point five. Didn't Fair love much. it so much. Rockula, ladies and gentlemen, it is on YouTube in its entirety. So it will be on the playlist. And so it will be on the playlist. Uh, but I don't doubt that anything we've said has made you really <laughs> want to watch it. But um, it might be. Do you know what I? I yeah, I think if I'd watched it in a different mood, I might be saying completely different things. True, very so, true. Um, Try it again then. sometime. 
So now we're going to move on to some more music. We're going to do another old song. This isn't quite as old as a lot of the ones that I've played. This one's from 2011. It's a band called Sharp Pact, who were from Olympia, Washington. They were on Revivers label at some point. And it's from an album called Ditches, which came out via that label, which is called Rumbletown, and I think their own label as well. Um, as far as I can make out, they are not doing anything anymore but they may, did make two or I think maybe even three albums and they're all up on Bandcamp uh, I would really check them out it's just like fucking brilliant synth punk amazing I heard it earlier and I thought why did I know about this before so yeah, good really good so this is Sharp Packed with their happy song Death <laughs> <laughs> of this episode of Breakfast Punks. Thanks for listening to the whole episode if you've come this far. We uh, made 20 of these. Yeah, this was episode 20. It's crazy. What crazy. the hell is happening? I reckon, <laughs> I reckon it must be 45 to 50 hours of us talking. Fuck, I am so sorry. <laughs> it's not really a service, is it? <laughs> Over the weekend, we got loads of nice uh, feedback and support from you guys, so that's really appreciated. And, and as always, if you've got any feedback or anything to let us know about, then please do contact us. You can get us via the instant messages on Instagram or email us at shamsyroasters.com. It's probably shamsyroasters.com I mean you can go on there there, please do there's new coffee go look Um, (laughs) shamsyroasters at gmail.com is a good way to get in touch and please go and have a look at our YouTube channel uh, Breakfast Punks Podcast and there is always a playlist that we put loads of random shit that we've talked about on each episode on there Uh, you can also listen to the episode on there and give us a little review if you're listening to this on any sort of podcast app Yes. 
Uh, we might not see it, but it might help people find us. Yeah, and it's always appreciated. So we'll end with one last song. This is from This Living Wreck. The song is Big Bad Wolf. Um, this is Joe from Bexhill who contacted us really recently. So hi, Joe. The stuff is available online via Bandcamp. And Joe is playing the Prince Albert in Hastings on the 9th of October and also the Tunbridge Wells Forum on the 1st of November. Described as punk blues. I think that's pretty apt, actually. Mm-hmm. And really cool. So this is This Living Wreck with Big Bad Wolf. We'll see you in two weeks' time. Like clockwork. (laughs) Bye. Bye.